right. So yeah, and if you have any questions, you got any weight loss questions, feel free to ask them um, and I will answer them. And I'll also be talking about how to structure your eating so that you can lose weight because a lot of people don't understand the idea of structuring their eating because as with most things with weight loss, it's this all or nothing thing, right? Where uh, either 100%, you know, you know, writing out every single meal and preparing these crazy meals or you're not thinking about it at all. And there, there's very little, you know, gray space in between. So uh, the idea is that my, my philosophy anyways, is that you structure your eating in a way that, you know, you start, you start slow. <laughs> no, no, starting slow, right? It's like, kind of like the, no one says that, right? With weight loss, because we all want fast weight loss, but you start slow and you start optimizing where you're at now. And so when it comes to structuring your eating, oh, hey, how you doing? I, I know uh, in the program, nice to see you on here. Uh, when you structure your reading, right, I'm going to give you a kind of a practical way, right? Cause I'm, I'm a big fan of practical solutions. <laughs> oh, cause what I deal with is I, I help people, um, actually change their behaviors. And so we want practical, relatively simple things to implement. And so eating is obviously one of the key things and everyone likes to start with the eating, you know? So again, I just want to remind everyone, I almost think like kind of the weight mastery pyramid is kind of how I think of it. And you have the bottom level is your mindset. The next level is your lifestyle. And then the top is eating. And I think, you know, just like a house that doesn't have a first floor or a foundation, um, that, that roof's not going to be, you know, uh, stable, you know? And so we want to have the foundation firm first, you know, but let's go and talk about eating anyway. So, uh, the idea is that you structure your eating in a way that sets you up for success, success. And sticking with the house metaphor, you know, you want to think of each day, uh, everything is built up from the ground up, you know? And so the first thing is, is your first meal of the day. And so for some people that's breakfast and some people that's lunch, you know? So if you're like an intermittent faster, you don't like to eat early, uh, cool. You know, cause again, the, the number one rule is that you, uh, whatever, there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you, you know? And so the, I believe that is the, the, the most important rule out of anyone else, you know, is that one there that you get to make your own plan based on what you want to do. Um, so if you want to start with breakfast or you want to start with lunchtime, it doesn't matter. Um, but whatever time you start, you really want to make that first meal as healthy as you can possibly make it as nourishing, uh, you know, and, and so there's other, uh, so here's some criteria I would suggest you want to make it as nourishing as possible. Lots of nutrients, um, you know, natural, clean food. And you want to also though, right? Cause we can't just have this ideal. We have to take into account the practicality of it. And so we want to make sure that it's not something that is really hard to make or takes us a long time or it's hard to get the ingredients. Uh, we, we want to make it easy. So there's kind of like a, you know, the, the formula I like to think is, you know, is it nourishing and healthy? You know, is it relatively easy to make? And do I relatively like it? Okay. It's so what I mean by that is that, you know, I have this idea, I, I call it the living vitamin strategy. And what it is, is you know, people take vitamins because they're healthy for their body, not because they taste good. And so I think occasionally throughout the week, uh, throughout the day, you ought to have a couple of times where you're just making food decisions based on how it's going to be for your body. So I call that kind of living vitamin strategy because again, I'm not, vitamins are fine, but if you're taking a vitamin to make yourself healthy, you should probably have like a, a food vitamin. And, and the two main ways I tend to suggest doing that salads or smoothies. You know, I don't know. I'm sure there's other ways, but those are two great ways to put lots and lots of, uh, let me change this for a second. 
thing is making me nuts. Oh, I can't change it. <laughs> um, the, the smoothies and the salads are two easy, relatively easy ways to get lots of nutrient density and variety into your body. Okay. And so, you know, I put that salad video up and people are like, oh, I could never eat that every day. It was boring. You know, I'll tell you what, the, the more boring you can eat, the more okay you are with eating boring food, probably the healthier you'll be and the easier it is to control your weight. You know, because if every food has to be exciting and enjoyable and, you know, some, you know, celebration, then it's going to be a struggle, right? So, you know, you might want to start being okay with a couple meals that are just, you know, boring. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like, I can tell you, I've shifted over to it. It's again, in some ways, it's not as exciting in the moment. Like I'd rather, you know, instead of the salad, I'd rather eat, you know, a sandwich and chips for sure. But so in the moment, it's not as exciting. But then when I take a step back and look at the big picture, it's way more exciting, right? Because I don't have to, th that part of that strategy, it allows me to live my goal weight and feel good about myself and be healthy and all these other things. So again, the short-term pleasure is a little lower with the salad than compared to the sandwich, but the long-term pleasure is way higher, right? And so, you know, eating boring isn't the end of the world, you know, and, and the, the other alternative to that is that you don't necessarily need to get all your excitement and emotional, you know, get yourself jazzed up just through food. There's other ways to do that as well. All right. So uh, keep that in mind. And so, uh, so anyways, yeah. So structuring your eating, I'm going to write down a note here. Structuring your eating is really important. So I want to get back to that in a second. Someone said they're part of my program. And they said, I, I've kind of not been doing the program. I just can't get myself to remember to do it. And so I want to talk about this because there's a lot that's going to help everyone, even if you're not in my program. And, uh, first off is that that's always the biggest challenge. Okay. The, a big mistake that people with weight loss make is that, is that you think that you need more information. You think what's happening is you're missing some information. You're fine. You just need some information and then you'll be all set. And that's completely wrong. Um, you need to look at your weight loss, like learning a language or learning an instrument. And in the sense that, you know, learning a language or an instrument, it's not about being taught what you're doing. It's more about practicing it and reinforcing it over and over. And it's the same thing here with your weight loss and your weight mastery ultimately. It's really a process of not just knowing what to do. It's a process of practicing doing the right thing consistently and getting it into your subconscious mind, getting into your muscle memory. So the fact that, that, you know, I just can't get myself to remember to do it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the challenge of anything. That's the challenge of a diet. You know what you should eat. The problem is your all your old programming and behaviors is just automatically bringing you in the wrong direction. It's, it's easy to naturally eat the wrong foods because you're programmed to do that. So it just happens on autopilot. So what you're looking to do is you're looking to have new behaviors, you know, and those new behaviors, it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's because I've been coaching for 20 years and it's like, I'm telling you like, like, and I, I guess I didn't realize this and maybe I wouldn't have, but most of the coaching is really reinforcing stuff that we've already talked about. It, it's, it's not so much like brand new information every week for someone. It's more about reinforcing what they already know. You know, so in this sense, it's like basketball. So I coach basketball. It's like it's less about teaching them new things than it is practicing the fundamentals. Right. So John Wooden was uh, the most successful basketball coach, at least college wise of all time. And he was known for his fundamentals. You know, and I was just saying this. I was saying this to my son that um, the first lesson John Wooden would teach his basketball players. Right? These are the best, 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 best college basketball players in the country. Right. You know what the first thing he taught him was? how to put their socks on and how to put their shoes on, right? Right, so you mean like, it's about practicing fundamentals is what's gonna bring you the success you're looking for. It's not about all of a sudden learning some new meal plan that you've never heard of and now it's just 
magically appeared. You know, that that's not it. And the sooner you can get out of that mindset and start recognizing it's really about consistently reinforcing the right things, you know? So yeah, remembering in my program, I always say that the hardest part is to remember to do the program yourself, then technique at night and remembering to do the sessions. And so I do what I can. I mean, again, my program is delivered through your phone as well on an app and you get a message every day to kind of help that out. But at the end of the day, it's about reinforcing new behaviors because think about it. Like you should use your toothbrushing routine as a reference point, right? Everything I do is really built around role modeling and the best role model you can role model is yourself. You, you've got good habits and behaviors somewhere. And so your toothbrushing habit, right? Notice that you installed it, you know? So you're consciously aware. You're like, oh yeah, I don't brush my teeth, but that behavior is pretty much running on autopilot, you know? And so that's, how you want to get your new eating behaviors, your new health habits running. You want them on autopilot, but that takes practice. It takes reinforcement. That is the process. There is no, there's no instant thing, you know, even the, the surgeries, you know, even gastric, the lap bands, the, the bypasses, it's like an, it's, it's an instant surgery. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's an instant, you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you can't eat that much. Right. But then it's a lifetime process of learning how to think and live and feel like a thin, healthy person. You see, so there's no bypass. You, you can't skip that part. There's no skipping it. So the good news is that you are now aware of it. Now you're aware. Okay. I need to work on fixing it, which you're not because now I'm going to play this next part. I'm not busting your chops. I know you can take this. So I'm going to put this to you this way. And this is so much my coaching. It's like, as a hypnotist, I can I can see subconscious programming that's keeping you stuck that you can't see. And I'm going to show you this right in the comment that you wrote. So you wrote, I just can't get myself to remember to do it. And so that um, is a problem-oriented statement, right? And so what we want to do is we want to, it's fine to start with a problem-oriented statement, but as quick as you can, you want to get into the solution. And the solution-oriented statement would be, okay, I'm having trouble remembering to do it. How can I remind myself? How can I remember more effectively? And, and the only limitation here is your imagination <laughs> because the more amazing question you can ask, the more amazing answer you're going to get because your subconscious mind is a servo mechanism. It'll just answer whatever questions you're asking. Problem is you're asking it shitty questions <laughs> that are problem-oriented. You're asking things like, What's wrong with me? How come I can't follow this program? Oh, here I am again. I'm not doing it again. What, what's my problem? And so you said, oh, because this happened when you were a kid and, oh, and then you did this and then you're like this. And, and it just reinforces where you're already at, it reinforces the problem. And so the real secret is to consistently shift your mindset into a solution oriented one. Okay. That's the real secret. And so what you want to start doing is you want to ask questions that are based on the solution. Again, it's fine to start with a problem. You know, I'm having a trouble, I'm having trouble getting myself to remember to do it. That's fine. And then it becomes, what is a way that I can remember to do this? That's easy. That's automatic. That's fun. That's enjoyable. You see, you're not limited to anything other than your imagination with the questions. And the better the questions you ask, the better the answers you're going to get, the better the solutions, the better the strategies. All right. So you take that and you say, okay, was, and this is common, right? We start with the program. And so it's my program. It's any weight loss, but it's anything new you do. This is going to always be a challenge. You're going to start with lots of excitement and hope and all the rest of it. And then that's going to fade a bit. And it's at that point that your destiny's set, right? It's what you do at that moment. You either say, oh, I don't know. I was doing good. And then it just kind of all fell away. Then you're going that path. You're going to right loop. That's the roundabout. <laughs> that's, that's the hamster wheel of where you've always been, you know? And so you can anticipate a future of that. 
It may be my program a hundred more times that you try and the same thing, or you may just cycle through different programs. Okay. But the other alternative is to say, okay, here I go again. I'm doing this again, but this time here, I'm going to change this and I'm going to change it in smart, strategic, intelligent ways that work for me. What are some things I can do to remind myself to do this program? When can I do it? When can I program in? And then the big question is, why do I even want to do this? Do I even want to follow this program? Do I even care about my weight? You got to reinforce that so much. You know, I asked that question a million times in my life. Do I even want to lose weight? You know, because I always have to reinforce it. People assume that they want to lose weight and you don't. You wish you would lose weight. You know, I say this all the time. You, you wish you would lose weight on a level 10, but your actual want to actually take some action and make it happen consistently is very low. It's like a one, two, which is another way to say that you don't really want to lose weight which is actually freeing in for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't you get mad at me. I want you to say, yeah, you know what? You're right, Jim. I don't actually want to lose weight. And that's why I haven't lost weight, you know? And so it's, that's not the greatest thing in the world, but at least now you've reconnected to your power because there's nothing that feels worse than saying like, well, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. You give all your power away. All right. So you got to reclaim that power by facing an uncomfortable truth. That is, you know what? To be honest, I haven't really wanted to lose weight. I've wished I'd wanted, I wished I'd lose weight. You know, I wished I wanted to lose weight, you know, um, that I know you want to do it at 10, but you don't actually want to lose weight. You know, I always prove this because, you know, um, <laughs> to, uh, I have a, I have a training. You can click on the link or in the description, right? It's three steps to master your weight. It's 30 minutes, you know, it would profoundly shift and change the way you would approach your weight for the rest of your life. Right. But most people like 10% of the people will even click on it. Right. And then out of that 10%, about half of them will put their name and email address in there to get the, the training. Because as soon as you do that, it brings you right to the training. Right. And now only half the people push the play button and watch it, you know, and then only half of them will get to the end. So it's like, that's the easiest thing I could ever imagine a person doing. And, and hardly anyone will do that. And so again, it's not me being a jerk here saying you don't want to lose weight. It's me just, it's calling out the obvious. And we need to do that sometimes because you're living in an imaginary fantasy world that you want to lose weight so bad and you can't do it. It's bullshit. You don't really want to lose weight. You know, I always use the example is unpleasant, but it, it serves a purpose that if the person you love the most in the world was kidnapped and the kidnapper said, listen, I'm not going to give you the, you're never going to see this person again, unless you lose weight this month. Right. What would your motivation then be? Right. Well, now it's a 10. Now you see what a 10 is like. Right. And now in that situation with a 10 level of motivation, the kidnapper could say, you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to put all your favorite foods around you for the whole month. It wouldn't even matter. You'd be surrounded. You'd have the foods right here and you wouldn't touch them because you were so focused on what the goal you wanted was. You were so congruent with it and you were so motivated that you could have all those foods around. You wouldn't even eat them. You'd lose weight. You would make a way to do it because that's a level 10 want. An unpleasant example, but it proves the point that you're not really that motivated to lose weight, which is why that's always the first thing you really got to focus on. You know, because you're you're under the delusion that you really want to lose weight and that you can't. And that's bullshit. I promise you it's bullshit. The, the truth is you don't really want to lose weight. You really wish you'd lose weight. And that distinction is crucial because until you actually want to lose it, you know, for, well, you're obviously not going to. Um, but but worse than that is you're going to think that you're stuck, right? You feel like there's nothing I can do. I have to do everything. I'm trying to lose weight. I can't do it. Um, but of course, it's not that. You're not using all your resources. You don't really want to do it. It says, lately, I can't find the... Lately, I can't find any pain to motivate me. Then I saw your post. <laughs> well, I hope that helped you out. Oh, yeah, the pain, right? Okay, so that's perfect, right? Yeah, so the motivation. They're interested in what this person's referring to is that most people 
most people don't know how to, so I'm going to assume and, and answer me in here because I'm going to look in this in a second. I'm going to assume that you haven't done the motivation blueprint, right? In the program. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not judging you because that is why I now offer the blueprints. I only offer that program with coaching, We're literally interfacing with me because you have all these subconscious blocks that will prevent you from even answering those blueprints. But once you answer those blueprints, I mean, it's like a golden ticket. You know what I mean? It's, it's literally living the, the, at your goal weight with the most health, with the most happiness. Um, but actually getting those answered, there's so many. I, I was talking to a client yesterday and they're like, I couldn't get, I, I can't get past question two. You know, every time I get back, to, I just don't want to, I, I just, I get out of there, you know? And so there's all these subconscious things that are stopping you from taking action and moving forward, you know, in just so many ways. But I'm going to ask you, did you do the motivation blueprint? I'm going to assume you didn't because otherwise you'd be very motivated. Um, and still, even when you fill out that motivation blueprint, you have to understand, okay, you filled it all out and you got all that stuff there and you're going to be very motivated for a little while. Um, hold on a second. Let me just answer something. Um, when you answer that motivation blueprint, again, you're gonna be very motivated for a little while. Cause again, it, it's it, the way it's structured, but then that motivation is going to fade. And so you need to go back to that blueprint and remind yourself. So again, that reinforcement is always a core part of the pr process, you know? And I think that's inspiring because if you just think you need to be told something once and, you know, I have these huge paradigm shifts, these huge epiphanies with clients every single session. And they think that as soon as they have that epiphany, like everything's changed and it's not. You know, again, it's, it's the reinforcement, you know, you only have, you have to say that you, you really have to look at your weight loss, like learning an instrument, you know, or playing a sport. It's literally anything you have to practice to get good at, you know, and this is the big lie of the, the diets is that they are always telling you this story that you just need this plan or you just need this information that everything's going to change. And it's not true. You need to practice being thin. You need to practice being healthy, this new version of yourself. And it takes practice. It takes making mistakes, learning from them, and then optimizing and getting better from there. Just like learn to play the piano. I mean, a teacher could show me how to play a song. Does that mean I can just go up there and play the song? Well, of course not, right? But with weight loss, you think some person who's like a fitness trainer or some person who's like a nutrition master is going to show you what to do and you're just going to do it. See, and that's just an example and proof that when it comes to weight loss, you are literally in a perpetual state of hypnosis, which is, again, the state of bypassing your critical faculty. Because if you look at your weight, how you think about losing weight with an objective point of view, you're going to realize it is crazy. It's goofy and it's silly. The way that you approach weight loss is absolutely goofy. It's childlike. It's immature. <laughs> I, I'm being I'm being harsh here. I know that, but... It, it's got to be seen what it is because it's like a person. I always use this metaphor. It's like a person who wants to play piano, but the only way they'll learn is by like taking programs that are like learn to play piano in a day, right? Learn to play piano in three hours, right? They just want fast shortcuts and they're so addicted to the shortcut that they never take the time to actually learn it, you know? And that's what everyone is like with the diets. I don't blame you. It's not your fault. You've been, we've all been inundated with literally millions of weight loss marketing messages our whole lives, which are all about, you know, fast, instant results. And so, when we, when you, I'm not in this anymore. I've, I've dehypnotized myself from this, but you, when you think about weight loss, you're not thinking logically. You're not thinking rationally. You're literally in a hypnotic state. You're an emotional state where you just say, I just want to lose the weight as quick as I can. I just want to lose the weight. I don't care what I got to do. And, and every, almost everything you think about with weight loss is, is wrong and it's um, backwards. And that's why you feel so stuck. You know, I work with a lot of successful people that are very successful in their professional lives and other areas of their lives. And they're stuck with the weight. 
So it's not a matter of intelligence. It's certainly not a matter of willpower. <laughs> you know, these are people that work their asses off, you know, so it's, it's not that it's that they literally don't have the first idea of how to actually lose weight. And I'll put it to you, you know, so, so again, someone in my program now, again, they're closer to it because they got the, that motivation blueprint right in front of them, actually filling it out to a whole nother story. You know what I mean? That's why again, why I, I now have that, the support and the coach and get people through that, but you got to answer that and then you'll be motivated. But let me bring it to this to you. Anyone on the call here right now, if you're struggling with your weight, your main problem is you have no idea how to motivate yourself, like literally no idea how to motivate yourself. And that could not be any more clear than right now. January 1st is always when you should realize that I have no idea how to motivate myself intentionally. You know, the motivation, you know, is that spontaneous pain, spontaneous pain based motivation that comes from stepping on the scale, seeing a picture of yourself, the clothes don't fit. You see your reflection and you get so upset and you say, oh, my God, I got to do something. And again, as soon as you go into that state, it's a pain based hypnotic state. You're not thinking clearly. You're saying, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I just got to lose this weight. And um, and you keep running that same process. You know, it's hypnosis because literally, you know, being in hypnosis is the bypassing of the critical faculty. So. Brain-wise, you're not using your prefrontal cortex, your smart, intelligent, conscious, logical brain. You're using your subconscious mind, which is very irrational and illogical. It's very powerful, but it operates in a much different way. And so you're caught up in this perpetual hypnosis when it comes to weight loss, and you can't even find your way out of it. You know, So I always joke that, that as a hypnotist, I thought I was going to hypnotize people to lose weight. But in reality, it's de-hypnotizing yourself to lose weight is really the process more than anything else. You don't have the first... Literally, and I don't mean this because you think you just need the meal plan, but the first thing you need to do is get motivated. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's, it's not the meal plan. I could give you, I could give you the perfect meal plan. It, it wouldn't make a lick of difference in your weight. You know, the problem is you have no idea how to motivate yourself. Your, your only motivation is just spontaneous pain-based motivation that you have no control over. And you just found that out in the new year. You wanted to lose weight 2023. You wanted it to be this year. You want it to be this coming Monday. You want it to be next Monday. You want to be the first of the month, whatever. And it never happens because you have no idea how to motivate yourself, you know? And that's why that's the first thing I do. The very first blueprint you do. My, my program, again, well, I first teach people a technique, a two-minute hypnosis technique you use right away because the blueprints take a little bit of time to get through, okay? So I give you something right away to use, and then there's hypnosis sessions. That, that's a part of it too. But the real core of the program is the blueprints. It's figuring out your own customized roadmap blueprint for motivating yourself. So the first step is mindset. And so the first thing we do is go through the motivation. Uh, I call it the motivation matrix. Level one is pain and pleasure, how to use it in a strategic, intelligent way so you're motivated. And the next level, which is absolutely fascinating stuff, is intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. You probably have no idea about that. And it's the scientific approach to motivation. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's like uh, the ingredients. It's like a recipe, right? So if you have a recipe, you can cook whatever you want to cook, you know? But you're like, you have no recipe and you're trying to make like, you know, some complicated dish. And that's a good description. I've never used that metaphor. That's what it's like. You have no idea. And what you try and do is you try and force yourself. All right, all right. Well, here comes Monday. I'm gonna. I'm really gonna do it this week. No, you're not. You might do it for a couple of days. You might do it for a couple of weeks, but you're not truly motivated. You know. So I use that example of the kidnapper. They they steal the person who's most important to you in your entire life, and they say, if you don't lose weight, you're never gonna see him again. Well, now I'm motivated. You know, and that motivation alone, without knowing anything else about nutrition, exercising, anything else, that motivation alone is going to cause you to lose weight. You see, so that's why motivation is the most important thing. So when people follow that motivation blueprint, it's like all of a sudden they understand what motivates them. You see, what you're trying to do is you keep trying to force yourself to make weight loss more important. And that's, that's why it doesn't work because weight loss is not important to you. You have no brain structures dedicated to motivation to lose weight. 
right? You've got an evolutionary brain in your head that's evolved over millions of years in a food scarce environment. So the only structures you got are structures that make you want to eat more, right? Because there was never a problem of overabundance of calories until the last 50 years, you see? And so that's why when you eat a lot of calories, your brain lights up and says, keep on eating. When you eat a lot of fat, keep on eating this because it thinks you're going to survive. It's going to create your survival thing. So, you know, to try and want to lose weight and think that's going to motivate you isn't even enough. So what you have to do is you have to identify the things in your life that are the most important to you, how you define yourself, right? How do you define yourself? What's the most important thing? Being a parent, being a partner, um, being a, a child of, of a parent, uh, being a coworker, being a friend, whatever's most important to you relationship wise is a good place to start. And then start weaving around what's already important to you, why the weight is important to the things that are already important to you, because they are. And this is another hypnotic state. You know, you're so, you think the main motivation that you want to lose weight is you want to look better. You know, and that, again, that's the hip, that's the diet bullshit. It's programmed into you. It's hypnotized you to think that you want your main motivation, you want to look better. Again, that, that's an extrinsic motivator and it's the weakest form of motivation and it doesn't last. This is why you haven't been able to get the results you want. And so you need to find intrinsic motivations, intrinsic reasons you want to, you know, lose weight. So it's more of a reframing of how you think about weight loss than it is that you're going to think about weight loss the way you've always thought about it. And magically, you're going to start losing weight. That's not going to happen, most likely. Um, you need to change the way that you think about weight loss and your weight and your health and all these things. And that's when you get like real profound changes. All right. Um, I love that I found your page. You break it down so easy. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad. Um, what services do you offer? Um, what I do, I, you know, I, I do, I don't really even do private coaching anymore. I say I do it sometimes, even right now, I, I don't have any space for private coaching. Um, I have a group coaching program and my main program for most people, the right program is my program yourself thin course. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'll, let me talk about it just for a second. I'm not promoting it as much as I am. I'm going to talk about it just to show you how woefully inadequate your weight loss strategy is. Okay. And again, you, you understand, let me just back it up a little more. My mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. Okay. So I want to make that clear. And I have restructured my whole business in the last couple months so that I can do these lives and TikToks and videos and, and eventually podcasts um, just for free. You know what I mean? So again, I just want to help as many people as possible as, as I can for free. All right. So I, I kind of call it the Robin Hood model. And so at my programs, which, you know, people that are ready to invest in themselves and, and really, truly do this. I, I mean, I, I can't think of anything better. <laughs> you know, obviously I think that's my program. Um, but that allows me to get on here and do all this stuff for free for hours a day, you know, because I've structured it this way. And again, this is helping me fulfill my mission. Um, but the program itself. So let me just talk a little about this just so you can see. And again, whether you end up doing the program or not, this will just give you a sense of how, why, why you haven't been able to do it. Okay. Because it's not, it's just little tactics. You know, the diets are giving you little tactics. Now, before I even get into that, you have to understand the diets and the food companies are the same thing, right? Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Uh, Jenny Craig's owned by, was owned by Nestle. Uh, Atkins Foods was owned by the same company that owned Cinnabon and Onions Pretzels. These companies don't want you to lose weight. They want you to restrict your calories for a little while because they know that that's going to cause you to eat more calories ultimately. All right. And so this is why they never give you the mindset piece. They never give you the stuff that actually helps you to change your weight for good. And so they've got you completely twisted in terms of how you think about weight from soup to nuts. I mean, I'm talking, you are 180 degrees facing the wrong direction in order to lose weight, which is why you haven't. And it's why you keep repeating the same cycles, you know? So my goal here is to at least wake you up from that a bit so that you can start to 
get the things you need to get in order to get the results you want. Okay. Cause that's what I want for you. Now, again, I think my program, I think it's smart to invest in it. You know, right off the bat, I think you way undervalue your health and you don't invest in it nearly the level you should. You know, I've spent over 35 grand just on health-based coaching program certifications for myself. You know, a hundred grand if you take into account personal development and, you know, business building programs. So, you know, you, you have been conditioned because diets are usually five, $10, $15. I mean, they're just tiny prices, you know, and that's part of it because again, that's as much as you're willing to pay because you're not really motivated. The way you think about weight, it's not very valuable. You know, wanting to look better is not very valuable to you. You think it is, <laughs> but it's not. Okay. And so, um, you know, th that's the trick, you know? And so you have to recognize right off the bat, motivation wise, the big reframe you need to make with your weight is that your weight is one of the number one factors that's going to influence how long you are alive. Your weight is life and death, right? Let's get serious for a second. So I say this as my story, right? My father died of a heart attack at 54. I was nine years old. My brother was six. All of a sudden he was gone. And it was me, my brother, and my mom. And he was probably technically obese. He was absolutely overweight, but, but probably on the obese thing. And his lifestyle was trash. Like, like it was, he was, and he was the greatest guy on the planet. Like a hard worker, just an awesome, awesome person. Now, you know, listen, it was 84. People didn't really know then. So I, I don't blame him as much now. <laughs> Unfortunately, I will tell you this. That's just a little thing that sticks with me so much. Cause he really was, I mean, he was my hero. I love this man so much. I mean, it was the most traumatic thing uh, in my life that I've experienced. And, um, you know, I look back on it and the thing that bothers me the most about it is that when it happened, I knew the weight and the lifestyle were at least partly responsible. I mean, there's genetic factors too, but I was pissed at him. I was so angry at him for so long. You know, there was a good 10 years there. And that's when I was struggling with, I was eating too much. I was binge drinking all the time. I didn't know how to deal with the emotions of the loss, the grief, but then there was just so much anger at him, you know? And so with the weight thing, the first step you got to do is you got to stop looking at it as like, oh, I want to look better. I want to look better. Cut that shit out. Like we're talking life and death here, you know, and I'm not just making this up, right? So Framingham Heart Study is a very legitimate multi-year decades long study where on average, they're finding people that are overweight are losing 3.3 years of their lives because of that. And if you're obese, you're up around seven years. And so I, I know, I know I always say this to people, oh, that's the worst years. That is the dumbest shit you could say because do you know anyone who's in their seventies, eighties, who doesn't want those last years, you know, if they're not, you know, if they're not really sick in some way, but if they're relatively fine, do they want to not live those last three to seven years? Do you not want to be alive for three to seven more years? You know what I mean? You got to, that's the hypnosis I'm talking about. You think hip, you think weight loss is looking better and that's why you're not motivated. You know, you don't think of it as a medical condition. And I do, I think about weight as, as life and death. And I didn't. Okay. When I was 19, I was 50 pounds heavier than I am. Ate like shit. Didn't know what I was doing. And I, I took it serious, you know, like in the sense that I really didn't want to be overweight, but I didn't know what I was doing. I had no, I didn't have the right mindset. I always say that the guy that taught me the most about weight loss was a 400 pound comedian who was a friend of the family. He did a different diet every single week. He taught me more about diets than anyone, but except for the most important part of how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> now think about it, right? That's your problem. All these diets are telling you what to do and they never, ever show you how to do it. Even to the point, I ask this every time I'm going to scroll down in a second. Cause I want to see this And I always challenge every live I do. I challenge people to say who let's just say for a second, you say, okay, I want to lose weight. And I realize, you know, it's not really the meal plan so much. It's my mindset. That's the problem. 
Let's just say you start there. Okay. And uh, you realize that and you say, okay, I got to fix my mindset. Who do you, who do you learn from? Who's, who's the guru? Who's the diet? Where, where do you go from there? Write in an answer if you have one. I, so far, I've not had one person write an answer to that question. You know, I've never had someone say, I don't even know what an alternative is. I know there's me, but I had to come up with all this on my own, to be honest. I'm a hypnotist. I'm an NLP practitioner. I'm a yoga instructor. I'm certified as a strategic coach. That's Tony Robbins thing, you know? So 5,000 private weight loss sessions, I had to kind of come up with this stuff. There was no one to learn this from. And I still, if there was someone that was really good at doing this, I would learn from them. I, I don't know who's talking about the mindset piece. I don't know who's talking about a holistic approach to weight mastery, you know? So if you know anyone, please let me know. I'll learn from them. I'll, I'll like to hear from them. But I say that to just prove a point. So let me just talk about my program just so you can see like what, what I offer as opposed to what's not there. So you can see not to do another goddamn diet. <laughs> You know what I mean? If I could just stop you from thinking another diet is the answer, I feel like, you know, half my work's done. Okay. So, so like I said, we, we start with this hypnotic technique because I believe that you need to, if you have any chance of really truly living at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot, you have got to learn how to hypnotize yourself. You've got to learn some hypnosis. It's not some magical, goofy, mystical thing. It's a real process. It's simple to do, right? It's more like visualization than it is some weird thing. Um, it's just using your brain in a proper way so you can influence your subconscious mind, which is running your weight. So there's that part. But then we start with the blueprints. And I'm just going to break this down just so you can see how much more complete this is as opposed to what you've been trying to do. And so the first thing we do is we deal with the mindset. That's the foundational core piece. And so the first thing is we break the mindset up into six parts. So there's motivation. So you learn how to motivate yourself. What motivates you? How to get yourself to get motivated and stay motivated. Then there is the self-image. Right. So once you're motivated, the very first thing we do is a self-image because you know, people talk about like a weight set point. And um, I think the weight set point is your self-image, how you think about yourself. If you've been overweight for 20 years, 30 years, you've learned how to be an overweight person in the world. You've learned how to think like an overweight person, how to feel like an overweight person, how to make yourself deprecating jokes like an overweight person and all of this stuff. You know, and so you need to shift your self-image first. I think if you have any chance of it. Um, and the good news is it's, it's not hard to do and it's fun. You've never sat down and created an ideal self-image for yourself. You know, you just absorbed it from, you know, the people you grew up around and the experiences you've had. And you just accepted it and it's limited and you're more than that, I promise you. So then we do the self-image. And next thing we go to is habits, right? Again, you got to change your, your habits. Your weight is a reflection of your habits, right? And you probably know that, right? But here's what you don't know, how to change your habits, <laughs> you, your habit change approach is to use willpower to fight against them. And it, and it, does it work? <laughs> I don't mean to be an asshole. It, it doesn't work though. Right. Obviously. And so you have no idea how to change your habits. So there's a science to habits, right? The, the habit loop, right? What's, what's a environmental cues that are triggering your habits? Cause notice your habits. They don't just spontaneously happen, right? You're snacking all night in the evening. You're, you're eating all night and in, in emotional eating, but you're not doing that in the morning. You're not doing that, uh, you know, around lunchtime. You, you see what I mean? Like your habits run on patterns. Those are your habits, right? They're habitual behaviors and they're triggered subconsciously in ways that you have no idea about. So how are you going to fix them? Well, you're not. You're going to use willpower. Again, this is kind of your subconscious mind that just runs on autopilot doing its thing. And then there's your willpower trying to stop that. And that's your weight loss approach, you know, is that you have your habits that are programmed into you and run automatically and you try and use your willpower to fight against them and you can do it for a little bit of time and then you get bored distracted tired whatever and this fades away and this just keeps running the way it always did 
Does this not sound like your weight loss experience? <laughs> right. Um, so, so learning habits, how to truly genuinely change habits, right? Real important. Um, next thing is emotions, right? So we say, oh, emotional eating, if I could just stop the emotional eating. Well, you can't just stop the emotional eating. The, the, let me reframe this for you. Your emotional eating is the best strategy you have for dealing with your emotions. And I mean that in two ways. Your emotional eating is the best way to, for you to feel pleasant emotions that you want to feel and the best strategy you have to deal with unpleasant emotions you don't want to feel. And you use food to do both of those. And it's the best strategy you have probably. And in a lot of cases, it's the only strategy you have because where did you learn how to deal with your emotions? Do you have any idea what your emotions are or how to feel the emotions you want to feel or how to deal with unpleasant emotions in a genuine way? Probably not. And so what's happening is the emotional eating is serving a positive purpose. It's helping you feel the emotions you want and not feel the emotions you don't want to feel. And so what people tend to do with the emotional eating is, say, okay, I eat to deal with my emotions. Goodbye, eating. But guess what you're simultaneously getting rid of? Your ability to deal with the emotions, right? You're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Because now you got rid of the food, great, but now you're not feeling any pleasure, no joy, and you're dealing with super stress and you're frustrated and that's what you're feeling. And you're only going to feel that for so long if you say, screw it, go back to food. I'm overweight, but at least I felt better, right? <laughs> Isn't this, wait, what's going on? When you stop a diet, when, you, when you're, you're doing well for a little bit, then you stop, but what's happening, right? What's going on? You know, so, um, so there's the emotions, then there's the thinking, you know, the, the, the quality of your thinking. And so again, when I say like, think like a thin person, you know, you say, well, what does that mean? You know, to be honest, you have no idea what that means. It's just a vague term. It's like, I always say like, like, again, the more enlightened people are saying now, like, well, I'm not going to diet. I need a lifestyle change or I need to shift my mindset, but they have no idea what that means. Most of the time, you know, it's just a vague term that sounds all right. It's in the right direction, but it's, it's woefully inadequate. So what do we mean by mindset, right? So to me, I use the word thinking because I have mindset's a piece of that. And so when it comes to mindset, do you know about fixed and growth mindset? Do you know about solution and problem-oriented thinking? Do you know about transformational grammar? Do you know about questions um, that literally are driving 90% of your thinking? Do you know how to influence them? Um, and there's just so much, you know, do you know about your internal dialogue? Do you? Do you know about that voice in your head that's literally hypnotizing you 24 hours a day to do what you do, to feel what you feel? You know, do you have any awareness of that? And then even if you have awareness of it, do you have any ability to influence it? So you see, what I mean? again, I, I'm not saying this to overwhelm you and freak you out, but I'm just saying there's a path you can follow. And it's like the class is a little cliche, but what they say, it's, it's simple, but not easy. You know, that, that's kind of my, my program. Um, but what it does for the first time for so many people is like, holy shit, at least I understand now. <laughs> right. So it's like the piano. Let's just say the piano. Right. So I can say, okay, well, I'm gonna learn the piano. And someone says, okay, we have this, 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 this. Oof, that's a lot. Well, it's a lot, but it's a way better feeling of knowing, okay, there's a system and it's a lot. That's a better feeling than just sitting at the piano with no instruction at all. If you've ever done that, it's just like, oh, and you feel overwhelmed. And that's how you feel with your weight loss. You just feel overwhelmed. You have nowhere to start. You don't know what to do, you know? And that's why you're so stuck. And so to me, I would rather have a system that's like, okay, I mean, I look at my, my program, I think of as like a, it's like a college course. It's, it's like a college semester compressed into eight weeks, you know? And um, it's like college, you know, you, you go to that and you say, well, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to enroll in college. I'm like, it's going to be hard, but I want it to be hard because I'm going to become a better version of myself. I want to learn all this stuff. I'm going to become, you know, I'm going to become better as a person so that I can get through college and, and then learn and get my degree and all this stuff. And so you need that approach. You need that kind of mindset to really master your weight. You've been, but again, I don't blame you because you've been constantly 
sold and programmed to think of weight loss as you just need like one little hack. You need one tactic. Just start stop eating carbs or just eat grapefruits or just eat 1200 calories a day. They're just a bunch of tactics, you know? And, um, I always say, you know, the, the way I'm gonna give you x-ray glasses so you can see through any diet, if it's going to work for you or not, because the, the secret of the diets is just like a magician's secret is they use misdirection to trick you, you know, so you're not thinking straight. And what the diets do is it's always something different, you know, and they usually rely on one thing. It's the one thing trick. And so even the idea, like, like I always say this about the keto thing, it's like, uh, okay, you just got to stop eating carbs. Right. So conceptually, that's a very simple concept, right? very easy. And because it's such an easy concept to understand, you make the mistake of thinking, well, I could do that. But then you go and implement it. It's really hard, you know. And so, uh, you know, they always do with the diets. They, they, they make it about like one thing, usually one, one kind of idea. But how you can see through the diets, are they going to work for you or they not? Is, is it just telling you what to do or is it showing you how to do it? Because I see every diet I look at it like if they're just telling me what to do, it's not going to work. The problem is I don't know what to do. The problem is I can't get myself to do it. And so unless the diet gets to those levels, I wouldn't even start it. Because you keep, it's like it, it was the saying, right? If you, you expect a different result in the same thing, it's the definition of insanity, right? But that's what you're doing with the weight loss. And just you're trying different diets. And you might feel like they're different, but they're not. Because at the core of it, it's you expecting that some magic Monday, you all of a sudden have the ability to just eat differently. Again, it, it's no different than me saying like some magic money and be able to sit down at the piano and just start being able to play it. it. It's that goofy is what I'm trying to tell you. And, um, you know, so you, so you got to start working on it. So in the final piece of my process as well, what I say, the, the mindset piece, the, the first core piece, it starts with motivation, self-image, uh, habits, emotions, thinking, and then maintenance. You need to know how to maintain it. You need to know how to maintain it from day one. Don't you think the problem is that you get to your goal weight, you can't maintain it. The bigger problem is you can't get to your goal weight because you can't maintain it to get to the goal weight, you know? And so the maintenance piece of it is, is crucial. And no one's teaching you to do that because all the diets are all or nothing, right? You're supposed to just like start on a Monday and it's like, okay, you know, I'm ready to do it. Um, and you're supposed to like start on day one, perfect. And all the way to your goal. And it's, it's goofy, it's goofy. There's nothing else in the world you do like that, you know? It's like, um, so I teach yoga and again, it's an American idea because they come up with a Shtanga yoga, which is a very advanced form of yoga, you know? And so it's like, oh, you've never done yoga before. Why don't you start with a Shtanga? You know, and it's like, again, it's like, uh, it's just, it's too much for most people, you know? And so the same thing with the weight loss, people try and do too much too quick. They overcorrect, you know? So that's the mindset piece. And then there's a lifestyle piece. And as I said, you need a lifestyle piece. I, I think, I, I don't know how you could do this without the lifestyle piece and the lifestyle piece is sleeping, right? Hydration, uh, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, and gratitude. You know, I've just added two bonus ones too, but those three core, those eight core ones, um, they transform everything. They transform your hormone levels. If you're dealing with menopause, uh, they transform your moods. If you're dealing with depression and, and moods that are all over the place, uh, it transforms your biochemistry, you know, and so that you start to feel more satiety and full when you eat you start to feel less hungry. You start to crave unhealthy foods less, you know? So it's all these foundational pieces. And then there's the eating piece, you know, and that's on top. But to me, it's like, why even work on the eating piece until you figure out the foundational pieces? Because you're not going to be able to maintain it, you know, because you're not set up. Your brain is not set up to consciously decide every little thing you do, you know? So you want to set yourself up for success subconsciously. So you automatically get to your goal weight and stay there where it doesn't, it's not just like 100% focus on your eating all day. That's an unnatural way to live, 
you know? And so then the eating piece, again, there's a lot of strategy. That's the secret to eating. It's knowing about food. So there's a bit of learning, you know, some basic core nutritional principles, but the biggest thing is just the strategies that you use. And again, very, people never rely on strategy for weight loss. It's always a willpower based approach. Give me the plan and I'll follow it. I'll just make myself do it. It's ineffective. Right. So that just shows you again. Right. So I just want to break it down so you can see that there are other ways. Um, my habits are so out of whack. I need to work on so many of them. Okay. So let me talk about that real quick. What I always suggest in my program, we start with the really three habits and even that's pretty ambitious, you know? So for most clients, they end up choosing one habit to focus on, right? Again, this idea, it's that the weight loss hypnosis you're in is that you're going to change everything all at once. Monday comes and everything's different. And that's not true and it's not accurate and it's not possible in almost any case. So what you want to do is you want to start being strategic, intelligent, and you want to start with where you're at and systematically improve yourself and optimize what you're doing a step at a time, not trying to do it all at once, right? I made that video yesterday, like inch by inch, everything's a cinch, yard by yard, everything's hard, right? But weight loss, you've been conditioned and, you know, the way hypnosis works, when you're hypnotized and conditioned, you don't realize it. You have to understand that. So, again, these these uh, live streams I do and all the stuff I put out there, a core of it is to try and wake you up from the hypnosis that you are in, right? Because you're trapped in it. And it makes you feel like there's nothing you can do to lose weight when there's a million things you can do to lose weight more effectively, easier, more enjoyably. You know, you just don't know about them. You're not looking for them because you believe that the way to lose weight is diet-based. You know, it infects your thinking right down to the very core, you know? And so again, that's why I do these, to try and wake you up from that and let you realize it. So yeah, my habits are so out of whack. I need to work on so many of them. No, you don't. You need to work on one of them, one of them. Cause then your chances of changing that one habit go way up again. And that, that statement is indicative of that, that weight loss hypnosis is just wanting fast results. You know, against me, I want to play the piano. I want to play, I want to learn it this week. I'm going to play eight hours a day. Well, great. After the first day, your hands are so cramped, you can't practice anymore for another week or two, you see? But that's what people are doing themselves with a diet and with trying to create change all at once, right? Because you got no patience. If I can't lose weight fast, I don't want to lose it at all, right? And that's your mindset. And again, I don't blame you for it. You've been programmed. You've been hypnotized to, to think that way because it serves the dieting industry. The dieting industry loves that because they get you multiple times a year, you know, to try their diets. You try their diets, you buy their bullshit foods that go with it. And then you go off the diets and you eat more of their bullshit foods. You know, they're not the diet ones anymore. They're the regular ones, but you're, you're always eating their foods and you're eating more of them ultimately with the diets. So it's this idea you're going to change everything all at once and you're not. So pick one habit, one habit, the habit that make the biggest difference for you health habit wise. Okay. It's probably sleeping for most people. It's sleeping and really dedicate yourself to sleeping, right? What's that mean? That means getting to bed a little bit earlier. That's a hard thing to do, by the way. It's not, you know, it's conceptually easy. I'm going to go to bed earlier and it's, in practice, it's much harder because you're, when you go to sleep as a subconscious process, it's been programmed in. There's all sorts of cues that are going off that are triggering you when to go to bed. Those are what you have to change. I changed my bedtime by about an hour and a half, I would say. It took me about a year and a half to do that. Okay. So it's like, it takes a while to install a new habit. And you say, well, Jim, you couldn't just go to bed earlier. I could, I could, if I had the ability to consciously willpower and just really focus on it, but I wanted to make it automatic. I want to program my subconscious mind to go to bed earlier. And that takes a little while. It's a reinforcement process. Okay. So you're not going to change all your habits at once. You're not, <laughs> you're not, and you can. And so, um, you know, what you need to do is to pick the one habit, pick the one health habit 
and then pick the one eating habit that's the most destructive and focus on that one. You know, and people have such a hard time with this. I just did a video to this. I'll be releasing this, I don't know, a day or two, but I was talking about the eating, right? So structuring your eating because everyone wants to change all their eating all at once, right? But I'd suggest you start, and that's what the whole point of this, this is the thing I want to talk about structuring your eating. Start with your first meal of the day. Let's just make that really healthy. Forget the rest of it. Eat like shit the rest of the day. Let's just get the first part down. Okay. So you can experience what it feels like to have some solid nourishment in your body, to feel good about yourself for a few hours right? Get that feeling in your body. Notice what that feels like. Enjoy it. And then build on that. You know, like, again, you just want to do everything all at once. It's so impatient and it's keeping you stuck. That's the irony of it all. You know, you're so addicted to shortcuts and doing it all so quick that you're never going to get the results you want because you never just commit to it, commit to the process, you know? Um, and I'll tell you, I'll get a story for that in a second, but I want to, I'm going to answer some questions. Um, okay. Someone says I printed it, but I just have not gotten myself to start and that's okay. Okay. Um, but start now because now you realize, and that's, this is the biggest thing of when I work with people and that's why I, this new, I just did a new version of the program and I love it so much because it's got everything in it that a person would need, except a person needs some outside help almost every time. And I always use the example and you can do this right now. If you close one eye and look at your nose, you see it, close the other eye and look at your nose, you see it, open both eyes and your brain deletes your nose from your awareness. Okay. And so the biggest challenge you have with losing weight or making any change really is that you can't see the challenges and the solutions that are right in front of your face. And so when people were doing the program on their own, the same thing would happen. Well, I printed it out. I wanted to do it. I never got to it, you know? So the accountability of having someone there, um, and again, well, it's when it's me, I mean, I've done over 5,000. <laughs> I, I mean, I could just like, you know, I can turn someone around like, like that. Like, like it's just, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I do. That's why, by the way, I, I want to remember this. One of the things I want to do this new year is to do coaching sessions where you can watch them. Right. But that requires me getting a person who doesn't mind doing a coaching session that will be out in the world. Okay. But this is an enormous value. It's free. I will do it with you for free. Um, but you have to agree to let me put the video up. We will do it by ourselves, like on zoom. And if anything personal comes up, you don't want up there. I'll cut that out. Um, but that's the deal. So if you're interested in that, shoot me an email. You can email me at gym at program yourself thin.com. Uh, or you can just click on, um, in TikTok, I got a, a little email button. Just click on it and just send me an email and it will, we'll get connected. Um, and we'll do it. Cause I, it's very compelling. You know, I've done this. I, I certified a bunch of coaches in the program yourself thin method. And, um, there, there was, we did a lot of work there and, and, and everyone found that very, very compelling and interesting. And it is, it's fascinating because there's nothing like watching someone because it's not about willpower. Do you understand? It's about thinking differently. And I can identify the subconscious blocks and limiting beliefs like, like that, you know? And so it's not, it's not me doing magical hypnosis stuff so much. There's a bit of that, you know, I do a little of that, but it's more that I, I can see the limiting beliefs. I can see the, the paradigms they're in that are keeping them trapped. And so I can shift those very, very quickly. I, I would say in terms of weight loss, I don't know anyone that can turn a person around as quick as I can in terms of how they feel. I, I really, cause who's done 5,000 private weight loss sessions? Like who would do that? You know, I mean, like a therapist. And again, it's not therapy. It's not trying, I'm not trying to like dig deep down into why something's happening. I'm trying to understand what's going on and then articulate where they want to go and help them get there quick. You know, so um, that's my skill set. So again, this idea that you printed out and just haven't gotten yourself to start it, that's fine. That's part of your process. Okay. And so, um, you know, you're, so right now, by the way, you know, I gave you access to that new program. You've got that new program. So get on the Tuesday and Thursday office hour calls. I'll fix this for you in five minutes. I promise you. 
Okay. And, and then you'll have your motivation blueprint and then you won't believe it. Um, how do you feel about intermittent fasting? I get that question so much and I like intermittent fasting. Um, is that the new, is that like the hot weight loss method right now? Intermittent fasting? It must be right. I get that a lot, but I like that one out of all of them. I think it's good. The thing to remember though is intermittent fasting is a tactic. It's a, it's a good one, a powerful one. It's one that I spontaneously did without realizing it years ago because my worst habit was eating at night. And so I really worked on that, worked on it. And I stopped eating at night. And so I didn't call it this, but it was basically not eating from six, seven o'clock at night till seven, eight o'clock the next morning, which is intermittent fasting. And so I know there's different forms of it. And I don't know if that technically qualifies, but I think taking a break from eating is wonderful for your body, for your mind, for your spirit. You know, I think it's unnatural to constantly be shoving food in our, our bodies. Um, so I love intermittent fasting and I think it's a nice way. So I talk about structuring your eating a lot because I realize a lot of people have no structure they're eating, you know, and again, they think structure in their eating is getting that crazy meal plan. I remember one of the craziest diets I've seen, and I've seen a lot of them and this one's crazy for a different reason. So, so I'll say, I'm not gonna say it's the craziest diet I've seen, but I thought it was so overwhelming just reading it. And they're like, it's, here's the plan. Here's what you bought is you bought 30 days of meal plans. And it was, so 30 days times three, it was 90 meal plans and they were all different. And I was like, holy cow, like who, I just looked at, it, I was like, my, my mind, went, my eyes went all wobbly. I was like, who, who could do that? Who could just make, who could make 90 new meals? Like, like that was crazy. So I think sometimes with the, with the meal planning and like how you think about structuring your eating, it's so over the top, you know? Um, and then again, most things with, with the way you think are just this all or nothing. And so the meal plan, it's like some over the top, crazy meal planning, or it's not thinking about it at all. And I think as with most things that the sweet spots kind of like in the middle. So when I talk about structuring your eating, I think it's like the ideal, and this is my ideal. So you can tweak this for yourself, but it's like, it's a breakfast, lunch, dinner, um, or, or just a lunch and dinner, just one two meals, whatever. But it's, it's saying, okay, when I eat my first meal, what are some healthy options that are in the calorie range? They're nutrient dense, nutrient, um, variety. I'm getting all these things. Um, so I can start my day off solidly. And again, then the next question is how much variety do I need? Some people need lots of variety. I don't. My superpower is I can eat the same thing every day, five days a week. Now, again, the way I said it was I structure my eating five days clean, two days foot off the gas, you know, where I'm, I'm making five days where most of my food decisions are based on what it's going to do for my body. So they're more nutrition based decisions. And then the two days are more entertainment enjoyment decisions. Okay. Pleasure decisions. And so, um, it, it's, it's a loose structure, you know, and that's why I think no one with weight loss does is because you're just so conditioned that someone's going to give you that plan, you know? And so to be honest, I mean, it's kind of a lazy way to do it, but I understand it because you just want to be told what to do and then just focus on doing it. But I find that that's a short term in the short term. That's not very good because, uh, it's, it's short sighted because you're a one of a kind person. You know, um, you've got your unique preferences, genetics, and lifestyle that you're living. So I think you need to create your plan that works for you. And it takes more time and effort to do that. No question. But once you have it, those preferences and that lifestyle are going to be pretty much the same. And so now it's way easier to follow that, right? Because it's built for you. And so it still takes work. It still takes reinforcement, all the rest of it. But it's a, it's a plan that works for you, you know, and that makes all the difference in the world, you know? And so again, that's why all my blueprints I get, it's just blueprint after blueprint. It's, it's a, again, all those mindset blueprints, the lifestyle blueprints, is the same thing. I talk about those eight habits and sometimes I say, holy shit, that's a lot of habits. Well, I get that. And I'm all about practicality. So the first thing I teach you is a three to five minute, um, routine. You can do that, that hits six of those, uh, habits. 
You know what I mean? And so you don't have to do all of them all, all at once anyways. You know, you can take them one at a time if you want to. It depends on the situation you're in. You know, so I like, I always tell people to go from all or nothing to all or something. Such a mindset shift. When you can get yourself out of the mindset, well, I'm on the wagon, I'm off the wagon and get to the point where I'm never off the wagon again. Now, sometimes you might be being dragged on the wagon. You just have your foot kind of just stuck in there. You're being pulled. It might feel that way sometimes, but at least you're still in the wagon. You got to get rid of that, that black or white thing on off. And right from this point here, say, you know what? From now on, I'm going to master my weight. I'm going to have good times and bad times, um, but I'm always going to be making decisions that move me in the direction I want. Sometimes those decisions are just drinking some water, you know? So it's like, I'll give you a strategy that I, I've used and I always suggest, but you're going to eat like shit sometimes. Okay. And so instead of feeling bad about it, you want to get back on track as quick as possible. And getting back on track doesn't mean like you're all right back and perfect with your meal plan. You want to have little steps along the way. Like, oh, I just ate a, a bag of cookies. Oh, what did I do? Okay. I'm going to get back started. Let's drink some water. Let's go for a walk. Let's go to bed a little early tonight. You see what I mean? And that sends your subconscious mind a signal. Like, We're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> We're not, not off the reservation forever, which is what a lot of dieters think. All right. Um, but Intermittent fasting, that was the question, and I think it's good. Um, was feeling down this morning, canceled the subscription. I'm sorry. Still feel, still like free post. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. I know you. Well, well I'm very surprised. You know, you should have, you should have done that. I was thinking, I was just about to email you. You know, I was surprised with that because then you know, because I remember you wrote that and you said, like, like, geez, I upgraded you with the, um, with the discounted one, you know? So it's like you kind of got to work with me. That was a deal of a lifetime, but you still got me here and I'll still help you. So yeah, um, I'll, I'll still be helping you out. Um, bum, bum. hi there. Thank you so much for videos. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad you're enjoying. I'm glad they're helping out. Fear of death has been my motivation after losing both parents too. Yeah. 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 Um, now I will let me make a quick point. What's important to understand is that fear of death is a good starting point. Okay. So I like to say that pain's great for making a decision, but pain is not good for carrying it out because your brain is a pleasure seeking mechanism. This is so important. So if this may be the most important thing I say the whole live stream that 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 pain that gets you say i got to do something okay fine we'll use it for that but you quickly have to shift that pain into pleasure and what i mean by that is that you want to you want to uh say well i don't like so i'll give you i'll just gonna speak for myself so my father died at 54 and so it starts with i don't want my kids to feel that i don't want to die at 54 i don't want to miss out on all that life um with my kids and with my family my wife i, I don't want that but now I flip it over. I want to be a person who lives to 150. I want to be vibrant. I want to be alive. I want to be thinking clearly. I want to be feeling good. I want to be strong. I want to be personal developing. I don't know where I'm going to end up. It's so exciting. I will say that, and this is this speaks to a deeper point. So stick with me here for a second. Because your weight loss motivation is primarily based on you want to look better. Okay. My weight loss motivation is I want to live longer and live better. So I suggest that you take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. Right. And so this becomes a process of self-actualization, self-realization. Who can I be? How can I feel like the best version of me? Because the beauty here is that if I, let's say I got a choice in front of me, I could eat a bag of cookies or I could eat a salad. So what happens is your brain wants the cookies because those cookies are going to be pleasurable in the moment. And so, you know, you know, logically, well, I, if I eat the cookies, I might gain some weight in the future, but your brain discounts the future, right? If I tell you, I'll give you a hundred bucks now or $200 next year right? You want the hundred bucks now. Okay. So your brain is like, it's called a cognitive bias and there's no avoiding it. It's just, that's what you got. <laughs> and, um, you got this cognitive bias that you want things now. And so when the cookies are in front of you and the weights in the future, you're usually going to take the cookies. 
Okay. So this is how it is. So how do we get around this? This is what I'd suggest is that you need to shift your focus to how am I going to feel 10 minutes after I eat the cookies? Okay. And this is where it gets interesting. So if, as soon as I eat those cookies, well, physically there's the effects of that. I feel kind of down, feel full, a little tired, all that. But the big secret is this mentally and emotionally. Oh, thanks for the, what is that? Like a weight? Oh, I like the weights. That's cool. Um, the big secret is focusing on how I'm going to feel 10 minutes from now, mentally and emotionally, mentally. What am I saying to myself? Right. Um, I'm going to watch my language here because in a coaching calls, I, I kind of go a little while with this because people are very, very mean to themselves, especially people who want to lose weight. And so after you finish those cookies, you the internal dialogue, it's very, very negative. And I'm going to, I don't want to go crazy with the swears, but we know what we say to ourselves. We say very mean things to ourselves. Oh, look at you. You look at you. No wonder. I mean, you can't do anything. You ate that. No wonder you can't lose weight. You lazy slob. And I'm, I'm making this very G-rated, right? We say really mean stuff to ourselves. That's the mental piece, how we're thinking about ourselves, what we're saying to ourselves. But then there's the emotional piece, right? The shame, the guilt, the frustration, the depression, the anger, um, all these negative emotions we feel, okay? And so the real secret to changing your eating is to subconsciously program yourself to focus on the consequence rather than the consumption. You've had a lifetime of programming from the food manufacturers and the diets that focus you on the consumption, the eating the food. And so remember this, everything's good and bad. The foods are good and bad. The cookies are good and bad. The ice cream's good and bad. Potato chips, good and bad. They taste good, but then there's the effect they have on us, you see? And so what we need to do is we need to orient ourselves towards the consequence. Because when you start doing that, you naturally start to make different decisions automatically without needing willpower. Okay. So that's the real secret is to focus on because then then you start realizing, never mind the weight part of it, because the weight's in the future. And so it's hard to stay motivated from that. You see? But when you start focusing on, okay, I can have the cookies, but how am I going to feel 10 minutes from now? Eh, I'm going to feel gross. You know, if I ate that whole bag, I'm going to feel gross. I'm going to have that sugar spike and I'm going to have a crash. Then I'm going to have more sugar cravings in the future. I'm going to be depressed that I did this to myself. I'm going to feel like I let myself down again. I'm going to feel stuck even more. I'm going to feel frustrated, all those negative emotions. And so now I know that's just right around the corner. That's just a few minutes from here. And so that's going to help you make a different decision. So, um, so we want to start. So just back to fear of death, we can start with the pain of it. Sure. But we want to heap lots of pleasure on top of it. Okay. I don't want to die like my parents did at a young age. I want to be healthy. I want to be alive. I want to be vibrant. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to be here for people. All the positive stuff you want, because now your brain starts associating all this positive stuff to losing weight, which it doesn't right now, by the way, that's just one more real challenge you have is that right now you associate pain to losing weight in pleasure to not losing weight subconsciously because you've done the diets and you think that, well, going on a diet, I'll lose weight, but now I get rid of all the pleasure in my life. And now I'm just going to experience lots of pain, boredom, frustration, you know? And so that's what you program it as. And that's why you don't want to do it. Um, someone says, hello from Austin. Hello. I have no fear of death, no special person to be around for. So what is the motivation? Um, oh, so where's the motivation? Well, it depends what's important to you. You know, your channel is a godsend. All right. Thank you. Well, college course. I was never a fan of college. Um, so true about the tactics. Yep. So true. I like your reference to the pain motivator. When you have a lot to lose, it needs to be sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for this. You are welcome. All right, we're going to have it. Let me see here. What do we got? What do we got? And so I'm going to get to your questions too, by the way. All right. So uh, start asking them because I'm not going to get, <laughs> I talk too much, right? And it's like, uh, I can just keep talking. Um, do, 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 do. 
Where do I get the program? Someone asked. Uh, you can't get the program. Okay. What I mean by that is that uh, when it comes to weight loss, people get very emotional and then just make rash decisions. And so uh, I do not like working with people like that. It's it's a waste of all of our times. <laughs> so I put a lot of barriers up to be able to even work um, to get into my program. And so if you're interested in the program, what you have to do is you have to go to the description or my bio and click the link, the three steps to master your weight training. And then you got to click that link. You got to put your name and email address in, and then you'll be right to a page which has a video on it. And then you've got to push the play button. And then you've got to watch it for a half hour if you can do all those things, <laughs> I'm making it sound like it's a lot, right? Because you should watch the, the people that drop off along that process is pretty dramatic, you know? So it's like, if you're one of the people that's actually committed enough and serious enough to go and watch a half hour training, uh, then you'll learn all about my program, you know? And then you can get an opportunity to, to get into it, but you can't just go to a page and get it. Cause <clears throat> again, we know weight loss, right? Everyone gets motivated. You step on the scale, you see the picture of yourself, you, you get your reflection or um, the clothes don't fit. That's it. I got to lose weight. I don't care what I got to do. And then you just, you just sign up for something and that wears off. And then you're like, oh, what did I do? I don't want anything part of that. What I want is I want people that are used to taking action, you know, that can take action and sustain action. Um, and that's why I put these barriers in front, you know, and it'll prove to you too, by the way, if you're not willing to even do those things, if you're not willing to click a link, put your name and email address and watch a half hour training, you probably don't want to lose weight that much. And so it's not me judging you. It's me saying <clears throat> that's where your motivation's at and stop, stop busting your chops about not losing weight. You don't want to. Okay. <laughs> right. So it's like I drink coffee and then sometimes I stop drinking coffee right now. I'm drinking coffee because I want to drink coffee. I'm not trying to stop drinking coffee because I want to drink coffee. Does that make sense? Right. So I don't, there's nothing weirder in the world that us humans do than like beat ourselves up for not doing something that we don't want to do. Right. And so weight loss is like that. So, um, yeah, if you're interested in the program, it's right there waiting for you, but you got to jump through a couple hoops. Um, because you know, and again, it's an investment. So I don't want you to invest in something just because you're emotional, you know, um, I promise you, you won't get any results from it. So I wouldn't want you there anyways, because it takes, again, it's college-like in the sense that it takes sustained effort. It takes sustained focus and practice and, and taking the right steps forward. Okay. That's how you're going to get real results with your weight. And it's a new process for you. <laughs> Cause again, you're just like, that's it. I'm going to join Weight Watchers. Oh, I'm just going to get that. Down. Okay. Here we go. Oh, and here we go. Right. Because it's Friday. So, and now this is a funny weekend. Cause I love this weekend because what are we at? <clears throat> we had New Year's Day on Sunday, right? So it's supposed to New Year, New Me. Oh, shit. It's on Sunday, though. I'll start tomorrow. And Mondays, oh, it's observed holiday. Okay, I'll start Tuesday. Who starts a weight loss plan on Tuesday? So like, oh, no. So now you're like, okay, now you're in this weird quasi space for the last couple of days. You're like, oh, my God, am I not going to do this? Is another year? And so now here comes the weekend. And now you're like, okay, okay, now I can do it. It's just the first week. This is officially the first week of the year. And, um, you know, you're going to find, you know, it's, it's the same thing all year long, you know, the first month and, and all these different arbitrary things that go by where you want to be motivated, but you're not. And so you have to stop that. And you have to say, holy shit, I got a, I got a problem here. Um, I, I really need to get control of my weight. I've got a medical condition. And if I don't get control of this, I, I, there's a very good chance that my lifespan is going to be I, I, drastically. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? What number is drastic? Can you tell me that? Can you write that number in the chat, please? What number is a drastic reduction in weight in, in lifespan? Three years if you're overweight, seven years if you're obese. Are those drastic or not? What, what has to be drastic? Because three years seems hella drastic to me. I am not wanting to lose three years of life because I can't control my eating. But maybe that's not drastic. Maybe 10 years is drastic. I don't know, right? I'd love to hear what people think is a drastic reduction in lifespan. Um, so you have to look at it that way and you say, holy shit, I got a problem here. I got to fix this. I need to make a commitment to it. 
be, that goes beyond just my pain based. I got to do it. You got to make a real commitment, commit to something. You know, I always talk about like, like uh, Cortez, right? He was the, the explorer and um, he goes into the new world and, you know, when, when the men get off the ship, he burns the ships. <laughs> There's only one way through. You know what I mean? You need that level of commitment to get the results you want. And you've not used that. You've, you've dabbled. Let's just put it that way, right? You've dabbled with your weight loss and you've gotten dabbling results most likely. Uh, let's see. So yeah, questions, questions. Let's get to them. So I'm going to answer your question. I'm not going to talk so much. Oh, corn. It's corn. All right, cool. Oh, you said guacamole? I love guacamole. Thank you. I love getting corn and guacamole. Uh Oh, someone sent me a chicken leg. I'm a vegetarian, but I think the chicken leg is funny. So that's great. Uh, all right. And again, I want to, I'm going to answer your question. If you ask, I'm going to answer them quickly. Motivation is increased mobility and energy. Yeah, there you go. Now you're on the right path. You see what I mean? Yeah. Mobility and energy. Those are real things that mean something to you now. The number on a scale, by the way, it doesn't mean anything to you. It's an arbitrary number. You know, again, your mind doesn't have any intuitive sense of what that number on the scale means. Think about that. There, you, Your brain evolved in situations where there's no mirrors, no scales, no pictures. So you had very limited awareness of that stuff, you know? And so that's not motivating to you in, a, in any real way, you know? And so again, you got to find those deeper things. Mobility and energy, you start focusing on those in a strategic way, you're going to find you've tapped into way more motivation. Why do you brush your teeth? Do you brush your teeth so that they're shiny and white and people like how they look? Or do you brush your teeth because you don't want to lose them? Right. And so that's why you have that habit. Um, someone says I got emotional and canceled backwards. What did I do? Um, I get it. I, I know, and I feel bad for you. Uh, shoot me an email. If you want to get started with it again, you can do it. You have to jump through a little bit of hoops. You're going to, there's going to be a little pain involved with it because that's what happens. And you got to learn from this, but again, you got to do it, not be emotional and get, get involved with it. If that's what you want. And that's why I don't even offer refunds anymore just for that reason. Cause people get emotions. I can't do this. And I understand I'm not beating you up. I, I understand the process. I understand the frustration that goes with it. That's why I've structured everything the way I have with this new program and, and it's all better. But uh, yeah, if you, if you want to shoot me a message, I'll, I'll work with you and, and help we'll figure it out. Um, someone says this is different. I'm up for it. Yeah. Great. Good, good. Go watch the training then. All right. Um, what does it say? Three years is a lot to lose. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Three years is dramatic lifespan reduction, right? <laughs> please. Can we give me a thumbs up or some like something, please? Someone let me know. Losing three years of your life is drastic, right? It's to me. I always say to people, because again, God, talk about the hypnosis of it that like, oh, well, those are the worst, the worst years. Uh, that one's crazy to me. Or the one I had someone asked this in the thing. I was making a video about it, but what's the classic people say? Like, well, you only live once. So I'm going to eat the burgers and the da, 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 da's, right? And it's like, it's funny because, right? Because that's like, I have a completely different paradigm on that. It's like, well, I only live once. So it's like, I want to live as long as possible, as happy and as healthy as I can. Now, I like those foods too, by the way. I, I think there's no problem because I'm not black and white. I'm, I live in the gray area. And so it's like, like tonight, tonight's Friday, right? So it's like, I can't wait to eat my dinner tonight. Tonight, I'm going to overeat and I'm going to eat something that's purely just, I, I enjoy eating it. Now, it's relatively healthy. It's not damage and destructive to me. But I, I would do that too if I wanted to, you know? So it's like, again, I strategically, I strategically maximize my pleasure. People say, oh, well, you don't even enjoy eating. You don't need, you're not eating cookies, whatever. I think that's bullshit. I would argue that I get more enjoyment out of eating cookies because when I eat a cookie and I ate a bunch of cookies, by the way, last month, a ton of cookies, more than I've ever eaten, uh, at least in the last 30 years. And it's like, I enjoy those cookies. I had zero guilt zero shame, zero worry or scared about my weight. I'm eating those cookies knowing I'm in complete control of my weight and my health. And so I think I enjoy those cookies more than someone who's eating them all day long. I work with those people. I, they're not enjoying them, by the way. 
You know, that's a whole other thing. Talk about like a great strategy is mindfulness, becoming aware of what's going on while you're eating because you're eating in a way that's mindless. And it's like, it feels like it's, it's really, it's dopamine driven and it's a very empty feeling, you know? And so if you really, if you can bring your attention and awareness to the moment when you're actually consuming the food, almost every time you're going to realize this is not as enjoyable as I thought. And that's a very interesting point to get to. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Three years is a lot, right? I think so. Um, someone says this is so refreshing. I know it's refreshing. <laughs> that's why I, I literally, I told you, like, I really reflected last year. It was like, it was September and I've spent the last few years. I really, I started out doing, I had an office. I would do a lot of hypnosis. Um, and then I put a program together, program yourself. Then I offered the program for a while and I said, well, you know, I like the program, but it's like the coaching really gets the most amazing results. The last 10 years, I've really been focused exclusively, mostly exclusively on, on really coaching a lot. And I've done some programs since then, but I was never thrilled with the results the programs get because I realized, I've come to realize that people can't just do a program on their on their own. You know, the problem is that you can't get out of your own way and it's not your fault. You just can't see there, there's a part of your brain called the reticular activation system and it controls your reality. This is crazy stuff. Literally, the, the point of this part of your brain is it deletes from your awareness things that you consider to not be important that you don't believe in. And because otherwise you just go crazy. I liken it to like um, your, your car radio, right? It's a little bit like that because your car radio serves as the same thing. All of those stations are hitting the antenna, right? So without that radio, you would just hear all of those stations at once. You just sound like a mess. And so what happens is the radio, it blocks out all the stations except for the one that you tune into so you can hear that station. And so this RAS system works very similarly where it blocks out most of your reality and um, just brings into your awareness the reality that you're kind of tuned to. And so you know this because when you're driving, you notice your car on the road, don't you? You're not looking for, you're not scanning the road, like, where's my car? It just automatically naturally comes into your awareness. And so there's lots of things like this, things that are important to you or part of your life, you notice them in the world, right? And so you are kind of oriented to think about weight loss in a diet-oriented mindset mentality. And so, you know, even if I give you the program, it's like you're still stuck in that mindset. I, I, I got that yesterday was just so obvious to this. It's always obvious like this. So you don't realize it. You think you're seeing the world as it is, but you're not. And so I could give you my program, but all your limiting beliefs and your ways of thinking would almost prevent you from even doing it, you know? And so I have come to the conclusion that you need like me there, or again, with some of my coaches, you need someone there outside of yourself to help guide you along. That That's, I think, a necessity. And so my flagship program, Program Yourself, then now in September, I said, I'm going to reorganize this. And so I reorganized the program a bit. And, um, and I also said to myself, I want to, again, my mission is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And so how can I do that? You know, I know most people, um, don't have the ability to invest, you know, what it takes to work with me, you know, so I understand that. So I said, I want to do it so I can just give stuff away for free as, as a core part of what I'm doing. And so here I am, you know, so, and again, that, that's the point of this. So I hope it is refreshing because what I'm saying, I'm not a genius. <laughs> like, I am definitely not the smartest guy, um, that, that you met. I promise you that. But what I do have is I have an obsession, you know, to some degree with this stuff because I was so amazed you know, I was 19, I was 50 pounds heavier. I was binge drinking. I didn't know what the hell I was. I was depressed. I had all these emotions. I did not know how to deal with them. Same brain, same genetics, completely different results. And I just, it, through no fault of my own, I just got exposed. I took a semester off from college. I got exposed to hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, Tony Robbins, yoga, guitar, martial arts, right? It was just, it was literally in a couple months. It was, I, I don't know why I got so lucky. And it just, it feels like a miracle, <clears throat> feels like a blessing. And it transformed me from the inside out, you know, and, and I was so amazed at the results I got. 
it changed everything in my life. I was going to school. I got a degree in finance and investments. And it's like, I was like, got the degree. And I was like, oh shit, I don't think I want to do this. I want to help people do these results. So, you know, after that, I, I eventually I got certified in hypnosis and NLP and yoga and all this different stuff. And then I started working with people and doing this, you know? And so I am obsessed with it because again, it's not about looking better. It's not about wearing the, the bathing suit to the beach this year. That stuff's cool. So it's like, I'm not knocking it. But what I'm saying is that the real story is, can you live those extra three years and can you enjoy the hell out of those, all those years before that time comes, you know, how can you live the best life possible? It's life or death to me. I want you to be here for the people that are important in your life, you know, for all the things that matter to you. And so I'm glad this is refreshing because I know this is a totally different take on weight loss. You know, weight loss is one of the biggest industries in the world. And there's just, that's why I said, I always challenge people, please tell me. <clears throat> Who's out there giving you a holistic mindset based approach to mastering your weight? Like, how could it be? How can we have this billion, billion dollar industry and there's not one option? It can't just be me, can it? <laughs> if it is, it's depressing, you know, because there's way smarter people than me and I want them to do this stuff. I'll learn from them. You know, I'm not egotistical. I'll, I'll take whatever works, you know what I mean? And, and use it. Um, I just want people to get control of this area. I want them to be happier and healthier, live longer. You know, so I'm glad it's refreshing. Um, someone says I've been trying for 16 weeks, up and down, two pounds, been tracking food, weighing in more water. So that's great. What I would say, I always feel like the missing piece for everyone, literally almost everyone I've ever worked with is the lifestyle piece. And I think trying to lose weight without solidifying that lifestyle piece is really, really difficult for a number of reasons. So again, the lifestyle piece is your sleep, your hydration, relaxation and breathing, your nourishment, your movement meditation and gratitude. And I think if you can start to institute those things into your body, I put them in order. So I think sleeping and, and hydration are the first two most important, followed very closely by relaxation. And you know, when you're doing relaxation, you'd be doing the breathing at the same time. So they're kind of one and the same, but I like to distinguish them because they both have separate benefits. But if you start introducing those three things and then the nourishment piece, you know, and so let me make a quick point of this. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking it, it's that all or nothing thinking. And so if they eat a bunch of cookies, well, what's the point of eating healthy? Well, I say, listen, eat the cookies and then eat a salad, eat the cookies, then eat some fruit. You know what I mean? Like stop doing the, you know what I mean? Oh, if I eat the cookies and I shouldn't eat healthy. No, put as much healthy stuff in your body as you can, you know, because that changes you. It changes you in fundamental ways that, that are really helpful, but great job. You know, I've been trying for 16 weeks. One other thing, let me, my, my hypnotist, anytime I see the word trying, stop using that word. It implies failure. Okay. Now I do it too. Sometimes I'm not being a nitpicky guy, but I want you to go and I want you to start using strong language. All right. I want you to say, I'm going to lose weight. I'm in, and I don't like lose weight. Cause that doesn't mean much. Um, I like to say, I'm going to take control of my eating. I'm going to eat in a way that I can feel better, look better and be the person I want to be. So a lot of times you hear me say, be the person I want to be. Like I said, after motivation, we go right into self-image, you know, this is a process and it be, it, it becomes a completely different process when you approach it as I'm not going to lose weight. I'm going to become the person who I want to be, the person I was meant to be on, in this life. That's what we call taking weight loss and wrapping it in personal development. That's how you're going to get the results you want. That, that's the secret weapon, right? Um, let's see here. Oh, wait, someone says, how old are you, sir? sir curious. I'm 48, 48 years old. Uh, gained 30 pounds plus with police son's murder. Can't get it off. Oh, geez. Wow. That, that's okay. Yeah. That's, um, that's a tough situation, you know? And so again, I, I like to make the distinction. There's reasons and excuses in life. Okay. Um, there's real challenges in life. COVID was one of these, you know, I, I, some people are really hard on themselves with COVID COVID was, uh, intense. You know, that was a big challenge for everyone, you know? So 
there are things in life that are just hard to deal with, you know? And so that's one of them, you know, and I, I can't go too deep into it right now, but that you're the type of person, again, I don't know if you'd want to talk about that, you know, for others to see on one hand, it would be very helpful for other people in that situation to, to see that. But if you're up for it and you want to do a coaching session for free with me that we'll, we'll put up on a podcast, let me know. Cause that's a challenging situation. And, um, without no more details, I don't think I can comment on it, but good job, at least attempting staying with it. We've been in a pandemic for three years. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. Right. Yeah. What a reframe, right? The talking about the three years, right? Is that a long time? Is that drastic? Yeah, right. Hell yeah. <laughs> this pandemic's felt like it's been around for a long time, right? It felt like a lifetime. So yeah, three years is drastic. Thank you. That's a great one. Um, someone says, I think to me it's more about the quality of life. I want to remain independent for as long as possible. Yeah, great. And um, even that independent, right? So, so you know, one of the biggest motivators for people they found is fear fear a, a loss of independence, right? So they fear a loss of independence. So that as, um, just as a starting point, is probably not a bad place to start. And so focusing on your independence is great. And then again, taking that a step further of how do I want to be, you know, I'll tell you, I'm very lucky. My neighbor, when we moved in here, she's a, oh, she's at the time. I don't know how old she was at the time, 80, 88, 87. Right. And, uh, she was so active. She's always outside. She's just so active and doing her stuff. And she's 97 now, you know? And, um, that was so great for me because it was great to have such a positive role model of, of aging. She was very active and it's just, it was, it reframed things. I had not personally seen someone at that age be so active and strong and independent, you know? So what I would suggest to you is that look for those role models. Role modeling is so important for us as humans. And so you can find them YouTube, you know what I mean? Even if it's just virtual, um, it could still be helpful, but start, you know, find your age or find the age you're thinking about when you, when you imagine your mind. And look for those role models because they they really do reframe our mindsets and, and make things a lot, lot better. All right. Um, someone said you're right, doing it on your own is hard. It's it's really hard, you know. Again, I mean, I hesitate to go here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyways. But it's like I don't like to equate weight and food with addiction, but I think there's a pretty solid case to be made that the it's very close to an addiction, you know. And, um, it's different than an addiction because most addictions, you can just stop doing them, you know, and foods one, you, it's almost like you have to have a managed addiction, you know, which is kind of my specialty, to be honest. I mean, just to be honest, like, that's my personality. Like, like I said, I was a binge drinker. I was, I went to a big school and I was the worst drinker out of the whole school, uh, two times like school and then college, you know? So I was a blackout binge drinker. Like, that's what I'm saying. And, um, you know, I never felt comfortable identifying as an alcoholic, you know? And so I learned to manage it. And I don't think I was an alcoholic. I, I think, I think a lot of my stuff was, was driven by unresolved emotional stuff. I, I'd never dealt with my dad dying. You know, I, I think that was a big part of it. Um, but, but I was, I never felt comfortable identifying as alcoholic and saying that. And so I, but I've managed it. The, the proof's in the pudding. So I, I, I don't, I didn't binge drink. Um, I've dealt with it and I, I've dealt with it over all these years. Now I still drink, but I, again, I have a health relationship with it and I, I'm comfortable with it. And so, but I think that that, that kind of mindset really is very beneficial for me as someone who helps people with weight because you, it's not, and that's what, what, what the diets want you to do. And it, it's very appealing to us because it's very black or white and conceptual. It's very easy to understand, but the diets are saying like the, or the all or nothing thing, but I don't think with weight, like you can't be all or nothing. I mean, you're, you're around food and, and who wants to, again, the keto thing, oh, I'm just going to stop eating carbs. Well, it sounds easy, but what do you do when you go to your, your nephew's birthday party and you're the only one not eating cake? that's a weird spot to be in, you know? So to me, 
it's like, again, I always say your goal weight should be the weight that gives you the best quality of life. And in order to do that, you can't just pick a weight that you want to be at. You also have to take into account the lifestyle it's going to take to achieve that weight. And so a lot of times when I work with people, they, they crank up their goal weight. They, they add pounds to it because then it makes it easier for them. You know, sometimes people are stuck in that idea. They want to be a certain weight and it's really hard to do that. And that, that stops them right from the get go. So, um, you know, uh, I think that, uh, you know, recognizing that, uh, this is, it's got addictive qualities like, cause it is an addiction, right? So definition wise, right. It's, it's technically not an addiction because there's not like a physical withdrawal. You know, if you stop it, that definition, it's not an addiction, but there's another definition of addiction that it's like when you're doing something that's harmful to you and you can't stop. And then in that sense, it's absolutely an addiction, you know? So again, wherever you fall on that scale of deciding it's addiction or not, um, I think it's helpful to look at it. Like, you know, it's something that you're gotta, you gotta manage, you know, and doing it on your own is very difficult. So if someone's addicted to drugs or alcohol, them just stopping on their own is very challenging. You know, the most success comes from when other people are supporting them and helping them along the way. Um, you're going to put Weight Watchers out of business. <laughs> um, and that is not my intention necessarily, because I think Weight Watchers out of all of them is probably the best simply because Weight Watchers is the one that's not like strictly like a diet. It's not just like, oh, here's the, here's the plan. Here's the tactic, right? So if Weight Watchers was just here count points, I would say it was goofy and they're kind of going that direction in my opinion, because I think what made Weight Watchers the best at one point was that you had that social support and you had that public accountability, you know? And I think that was probably, in my opinion, the most beneficial aspect of it. I think the count points thing is just, it's a gimmick to make you more aware of food. And I think that's, it's valuable to do that. But again, it's just, it's one tactic, you know? But I think the most valuable part of it was the the social interaction. And now I know they got mostly online then again, you can do stuff like my program. It's a, it's an online group. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think that's as good as being in person. You know what I mean? But it, it's a close second. And so again, I don't know how they're doing it now. They get their, their coaching and stuff, but, um, yeah, out of all the diets, that's the one I, I would not want to put out of business, you know, but I do joke. I do say this, right. And this is another one you'll know. Cause it's like, I, so like I was saying, Weight Watchers was owned by, um, I say this so many times, I can't believe I'm hesitating. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Um, and these, a lot of these diets are owned by these big food conglomerates. And I always joke, I'm like, oh, they'd never, they were never going to buy Program Yourself then and put them out there on the world. Because I would, if, if we got my message out to everyone, like sales of Heinz foods and Honey Ants pretzels and Cinnabons, all this stuff would, would drop dramatically because you would look at those foods much differently. You would become a person who eats much more natural unprocessed foods. You would still eat those foods sometimes, but you would way drastically cut down how much you ate of them. And so they would not want to put my message out there. So there's something to be said for that, right? I mean, if they're buying a diet and putting it out there in the world, is it really hurting them? <laughs> like, no, I'll, I, I will, you guys will all be the first to know if I get a call from Heinz or Kraft or whatever food giant there is, Unilever, um, if they call me and they say, you know, Jim, we want to buy program yourself with it and we want to put it out to the world, I will let you know, <laughs> and I'll let you know how that journey goes, but I am not expecting that phone call. So, uh, that's funny because they want you to rely on the tactics and it doesn't last. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. Um, what you, what's I say? I want to see, oh, oh, oh. um, what is you eat perfectly, but you cannot get rid of anxiety from childhood trauma, cortisol weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that matters. And that's why I say that lifestyle approach, I think is so crucial, you know, especially I work with a lot with, with people, um, women in menopause, post-menopause. And so I get that sometimes like I'll put the video and I'll say, oh, they happens to keep me thin. And people say, well, oh yeah, don't forget being, being a man, not being a menopause. And it's like, well, 
I, I get what you're saying. I know you struggle with it. It's, it's harder. And there is a change, obviously, when you go through menopause. Um, but my whole career has been helping women ages 40, 50 to 60 to lose weight. <laughs> It's like, I got a page with literal video interviews, me interviewing them, talking about their success. So when people say that, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I think if you just try and cut calories in your menopause, yeah, your, your success may go down. But I think a lot of times that the menopause, the hormonal issues, all those different things, they tend to reveal lifestyle deficiencies, you know? And so if you take care of those lifestyle things, a lot of times, um, you know, th those things that the menopause created, you know, you find you can resolve them. So I'm not promising that stuff, but I'm just saying there's a lot of things involved with losing weight. And, and like this person just said, childhood traumas. We just talked about yesterday in, in the coaching call. Um, one of the persons said, oh, I had a traumatic childhood and my nervous, I'm very tense, you know? So did I, I mean, I was tense to begin with. I had tweaked up nervous system from the get-go and then I had trauma too. And so I was, it does affect you. And so you have to change it and you're not just going to change it through eating better. That helps. But for me, it was, it was the yoga. It was the meditation. It was getting more sleep. It was hydrating my body. It was putting nourishing, just being like these things change you at a fundamental level. And then that there's that change. And then if you stick with them long enough, there's epigenetic changes, which is fascinating stuff. Look up epigenetics, just read. I'm, I'm not a scientist. I don't really get it, but it's like, we think we're born with the genetics we have and that's it. But no, you're born with these genetics and you can express them differently based on your experience and your lifestyle, you know? So, um, even the genetics that you're expressing and, and using are influenced by what you do. And so as you live this new lifestyle longer and longer, the changes become more and more profound. You know, you regenerate completely every seven years at a cellular level. You're a completely different person. And so I think that as you make these lifestyle changes, that's what, I, that's one of the most motivating things to me on a positive level is like, this is like a journey for me. And I can't believe where I'm at considering where I started. Right. And now I'm like, now I'm like, well, I can't imagine where I'm going to go if I maintain this and I keep optimizing and tweaking. So it keeps getting better, but it's like, where am I going to be at 10 years from now living this way? And it's like, it's really exciting. And I find it's so different from how I used to think. I remember I'd lost the weight for a while, like four or five years. I remember this. And I was like, well, what's going to happen when I get older? And I put the weight back on. And I was like, whoa, wait, why did I say that? Why did I think that? And I just realized there's so many like subconscious limiting beliefs that you're not even aware of, you know? But as you, as I start living these long, as I start living this way longer and longer, it's been decades now, you know? It's like, I get rid of, there's less and less of those. And so it's like, how much change I can experience. It's very exciting to me. And so this is what I was trying to say. Like when, when I talk about motivation, this is what's motivating me now primarily is I'm like, so I'll give you just an example. And I'm not saying this to brag. I, I don't want you to get overwhelmed by this and whatever, but you know, it's like, it's if I sit if I've been playing and I play guitar, I'm going to, I'll play guitar for you guys once in a while. You know, you can see, cause I could teach so much through guitars taught me so much because I sucked at guitar. I was never a musician. I was never good at guitar, but I've stuck with it so long that I'm finally, you know, feeling like I'm getting better. But let's just say, let's just stick with piano. Let's just say I played piano for 30 years, right? Well, I sit down, I'm like, boop, 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 and I'm playing whatever, and you're impressed. You shouldn't let that intimidate you. You should let it inspire you. So be careful of that, okay? So I'm going to share something with you, and I don't want to intimidate you. I want it to inspire you. Um, and so one of the most recent things in the last couple of years that's happened to me that I never would have imagined is that, and it was spontaneous. That's the exciting part. It's like, the biggest things that have changed for me are just always like kind of these spontaneous things that just kind of happen to me, you know? But again, Carl Jung used to say synchronicity. When you put yourself in the right spot and, and do the right things, synchronicity happens and magical things kind of happen to you. And so um, one of the biggest things the last couple of years is I, I've been meditating for 30 years off and on and, and whatever. And, and even 
I would say five years ago, I started getting really into it. I started meditating more. And when I say more, I'd be meditating three, four times a day, a week, you know? Um, and then I found this app, Timefully. And so I started tracking my meditations. And now I have meditated every single day for the last, I forget what the, the streak is. It's like, it's like 450 days. So it's like, it's a year and a half, you know? Every single day. Now, listen, some of those days, it's one minute. Some of those days, it's five minutes. But on average, I'm meditating about 15 to 20 minutes when you take them all into consideration. Sometimes it's one, two minutes. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. Sometimes I go up to 45 minutes. It's kind of a max. And so it's like, that to me is like so exciting, you know, because I'm like, it, it makes changes in a way that I, it's subtle changes that are sometimes like, you don't realize until you kind of look back and like, wow, you know? And it's, it's cool, you know, and it's like, there's the actual benefits of whatever the meditation is doing to me. But then there's the mental benefit of saying, holy cow, I've meditated every day for a year and a half. It's like, that is, that seems unbelievable. I never imagined, I never had it as a goal. It didn't really start as any real goal. It just kind of happened. You know, I was just like, oh, I did it. And then I started, I like seeing little dots filled in, you know, and next thing you know, it's like a year. And I was like, holy cow, I can't believe every day for a year I did this, you know, but what happens is it starts to change beliefs you have. You know, because if you think about it, if you're like me anyways, what have I done every day for like a year, two years? Well, I got brushing my teeth, right? I got that one. And as a, as a positive habit, um, drinking water, that was a real hard one for me. But to drink a, a certain amount of water every day, that was one that I've had for decades now. That was very hard for me. But now I have and it runs on autopilot. Um, doing yoga at night. And even if it's just a minute, I do it every single night after I brush my teeth before I get into bed, you know? And that's about it. You know what I mean? Like those are the, the every single day, every single day. But it's like, now I've done the meditation. It's like, wow, I can't like committed to that. And so what's happening is, yes, it's the meditation. It's those other things. But what's always strengthening there is my ability to implement healthy habits. You see, so I'm like, where am I going to be 10 years from now? What habits will I have? You know, was it like the doctor, what is Dr. Seuss in the book? Oh, the places you'll go. You know what I mean? I don't want to sound like so corny, but it's like, there's a big part of me that's motivated by like, what? what's going to happen? Like, like in a positive way, like it's, it's cool. It's fun because one of the main drivers that makes you happy in your life is, is a sense of progress, you know, some sense that you're moving forward in some way, you know? And so if you think about it, and again, this gets to the intrinsic motivation piece as well, but it's like when you start orienting your life to some intrinsic motivators. So intrinsic motivation is kind of like, like, um, if you're doing like working on a puzzle, right. You ever work on a puzzle and it's like, why are you doing it? it's frustrating, right? It's annoying and it's frustrating and it makes you mad. But at the same time, as soon as you get that piece, right? It's that little boop. It's like, oh, that feels good, right? It's a dopamine dropping. And so it's like, that's an intrinsic motivator. There's no external value. No one cares. No one celebrates you, but it feels good inside, doesn't it? And so when you start orienting your life, now we live in a society that's always orienting us to extrinsic things. You know, I want to lose weight so people think I look better. I want to buy that car so people think I look cool. I want some new clothes so people think I'm a great person. You know, so we've been oriented through marketing and consumption and consumer culture to value that. But the real, the real secret is to really orient yourself around the intrinsic motivators, these little, little blips of when you get that puzzle piece, when you, uh, you know, work on a Sudoku or you do a, you know, a crossword or you do a, I don't know, a wordle and you fit, you get it. Right. It's like, I was at, we were at a, a new year's party last year, last week. And, um, one of the kids uh, that they had, she got the Wordle, guessed the whole thing, right? It was five-letter Wordle, and she got it. She's like, oh, look, look, It's just showing everybody. Everyone's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And it's like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like that kind of like, that childlike, like, natural, human, positive feeling, right? That's what you want more of. 
And so what you want to do is you want to orient your, your weight mastery around that feeling, you see? And so it becomes these little things that you start stacking up a little at a time. But you, I'm not talking about like, oh, you want to lose 10 pounds? This is what you got to do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, a, it's not about the weight loss. It's not about that because that weight loss is never going to dictate your happiness. And you should know this because you've lost the weight. I know you've lost the weight at least in some point. And so if the, if the weight naturally made you happy and everything was amazing when you were that weight, you would have never put the weight back on. You know, but the weight's just a means to an end and you can be thin and miserable and you can be overweight and miserable, you know, so it's not about that. So again, when I say like, when I work with people, yeah, we're talking about, it's funny too. Like if you listen to like a coaching session, rarely are we talking about like actual food weight stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's deeper stuff. It's about who you want to be and how you're living, how you're feeling. It, it's more, it's more subtle, you know? So, um, I hope that helps you out how to get rid of food addiction. Yeah. Well, food addiction is a real thing. And again, what I say, it's, it's like, again, it's like, well, if someone eats a bag of cookies and they say, Oh, well, why should I eat healthy now? I blew it. Right. So they're always thinking that way, but part of getting rid of food addiction is to think in this way where, okay, well, I ate that shit, but let me eat some healthy food. Now, let me put some good stuff in my body because as you start nourishing yourself, as you start hydrating yourself, as you start getting some sleep, you start thinking more clearly. That's the core of my program. If I had to like summarize it, what happens is, is again, you go through the motivation thing, but they get that self-image piece. It's really about like, who do you want to be, right? Who you want to be is different than who I want to be. But when you figure out, you say, I want to be this person. I want to be the best parent on the planet. I want to be the best friend on the planet. I want to get into a relationship. I got no one right now. And I want to be connected to someone. I want to, I want to be with someone. I feel that connection. Um, that's, that's the starting point, you know? And then what we do with the, the rehearsal, the redo and rehearsal, like the program itself thin technique is really two techniques, the redo and rehearsal. And what happens is you're always connecting to that ideal version of yourself, you know, and you're, you're reinforcing it and you're building it up. You're cultivating it. You think of it metaphorically. It's like you're planting a seed. And then every day when you do that technique, you're watering it, you're fertilizing it, you're giving it sunlight and it starts to grow, you know, and that's the process. So I'm not answering your question the way you want it. Cause you want me to just give you some tactic that makes food addiction go away but it's a much more holistic process. You know, um, how does someone get rid of drug addiction? Well, they just say no to the drugs. Well, really? <laughs> I mean, it's satisfying as a conceptual level. Oh, I'll just say no, but it's unsatisfying as a practical, realistic strategy, you know? And so the practical, realistic strategies are usually less exciting, less appealing, but they're more effective. You know, and so how to get rid of food addiction is to approach it in a more holistic way. And the, and the easiest way is to start by really nourishing yourself, you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally, and start doing some things that feel genuinely good because we learn through contrast. And the biggest challenge you have is that you think the food's the really enjoyable thing. And it's not, it's really not. Um, there's way more enjoyable things, but you've forgotten about that. And as you start to remind yourself of that, again, it makes everything else a lot easier. Um, someone says I'm eating the salad I prepped because I was inspired by one of your recent videos. That's so awesome. I'm really glad. I love that salad thing. There you go. There's another spontaneous thing. I don't even know how I came up with that. Don't know how that happened. Um, but that has been an absolute game changer for me. I do know how I was inspired by that. I'll tell you, I read a book called how not to diet. No, how not to die. What am I saying? Cause he wrote a book after that, how not to diet, but, um, Dr. Greger, a great book. I, I love this guy, but he wrote a book, how not to die. Okay. And it was all about really nourishing your body with healthy foods. And that really inspired me. And I was a vegetarian up to that point, but I really, my nutrition level improved tremendously because the main thing I took out of that book is the concept of nu nutrient density, nutrient variety, getting lots of nutrients in your body and lots of different kinds in there. And that's what, what inspired me to start with the salads. So I said, uh, you know, cause that's how I think I'm like, I think it's like a vitamin. I just want to get these things into my body, you know? So that's awesome that you did it and you ate it. Good for you.
Um, thank you for your wisdom. It's invaluable and refreshing. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. How do you get past diet slip up guilt without falling off the wagon and giving up? That's a great question. I think the first step is that you reframe the process. You know what I mean? So you stop looking at it as a diet. Okay, here, I'm going to lose weight, right? Because that mindset is a real trap. Because I can tell you that the, the up, other side of it, even if you succeed, when people are so fixated on losing weight, even the ones that succeed, they get to their goal weight. Because what happens is people got the pleasure of the food. And sometimes they're able to trade the pleasure of the food for the pleasure of the scale going down, right? Watching that scale go down is, isn't pleasurable. It's fun. And so all of a sudden you get to your goal weight, no more pleasure of the scale going down. Now they got no pleasure, right? So it's like right off the bat, I think you want to reframe this and start recognizing that you're doing this to feel better, you know? And if you, if you can really connect to that when you over, so, so like, I'll give you an example. Cause it, it's not, it's not a tactic I could give you. It's a mindset shift, right? So it's like, if I, when I eat a bunch of cookies and I did eat a bunch of cookies last, last month. So I ate a lot of cookies. I enjoyed eating them a lot. Okay. But by the end of the night, I would sit there and I was like, I don't feel that good. My stomach didn't feel that good. Um, I just felt kind of heavy, kind of lethargic. The mental emotion stuff wasn't really there for me because I'm, I'm in control of my weight. So I'm not worried about that. Um, but I didn't feel good. I woke up the next morning. I didn't sleep great. I woke up feeling kind of tired. There was an effect from those things. And so this is really important because when people, typically when people overeat, they beat themselves up or they just ignore and say, oh, it's, I'm not gonna do that again. Okay. What you understand this word I'm about to tell you, it's called utilization. All right. So in my program, what, what we really stress is the concept of you are winning or learning, right? One or the other. If you eat well, great. You reinforce that super, but it's when you make the mistakes, that's the best time. That's when you're typically going to learn the best. And so you sit, I'll give you an exercise you could do, right? So what'd you say? Um, where is it? How do you get past the diet slip up guilt? When I made a slip up, what I like to do now is I like to be present with the effects of it, right? How does it make me feel? So I did this with the cookies. I felt, I didn't feel great physically. Now that didn't stop me from eating because I get, but I was in a phase where I didn't care. I knew it was a temporary thing, but there was negative effects of that. I, my digestion was off. I felt, I felt kind of tweaky, you know, from all the sugar. Uh, I just didn't feel as good. And so I pay attention to that. And I asked myself, I don't like feeling this way. This is not in alignment with who I want to be. Do, do, can you? Are you sensing this reframe though? It wasn't me about beating myself up. I shouldn't have done that. It was more me staying present with the effects of it and saying, I don't really like this. That, that difference is huge. It's a subtle sounding thing, but it's extremely important. Stop beating yourself up because it's not, you shouldn't beat yourself up because what's happening is subconsciously you think eating that way is pleasurable and it's not, it's pleasurable and painful. So I'll give you one more example. If, um, if you have a negative eating habit, you're always trying to stop yourself from doing it. But a lot of times what's more valuable is to do the fly on the ceiling technique where you, let's just say it's snacking at night. So snacking at night each and every time is enjoyable and you try and stop yourself. But the real secret to stopping is to reframe how you think about that habit. So if you imagine you're a fly on the ceiling of the room where you do that snacking habit and you watch yourself and now you imagine it's a month of that. You're just watching yourself night after night, TV lights flashing on your face right? Mindlessly eating. Now you do it for another six months. Same thing. Weight going up, just right? A year of that, five years of that. Now, when you imagine it that way, does that habit seem as enjoyable as you just thought it was? Well, no, right? And so that's that mindset-based approach. We don't want to just keep the mindset the same and then try and fight against it. That's what you're trying to do. We want to use your willpower and your conscious mind to transform your subconscious thinking you know, so that you don't want to eat those things. 
right? So you're probably, a lot of you are probably non-smokers and it's not because you're fighting cravings all the time. It's because the way you think about cigarettes, you don't have any cravings to, to smoke them. You think they're gross, you know? And if you're a smoker, you're probably not a drug addict, right? And you're not a drug addict, not because you're fighting off cravings to do drugs all the time. You're, you don't do it because the way you think about drugs, it's unappealing to you. There are no cravings. You see, that's a secret. That's what you want to do with the food. And you could do that. You know, it's not, it's not rocket science because I ain't a rocket scientist. <laughs> I'll tell you that. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's practical, basic core stuff. Again, and you know that because when I'm talking now, I'm not talking about, I'm not teaching you a lot of stuff as much as I am pointing out things that you're experiencing, you know? And so I think that's a, a key part of the whole process. Um, like the doctor saying you have cancer and you have six months. So soon be thankful for the time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. If you think about it that way, three years is certainly a long time. Right. So yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to answer these questions quick. I get going. Um, creating, not cheating. LOL. Okay. Yeah. Creating habits. Yeah. I'm going to say, and that's what you want to do. I mean, that's really the secret. That's why you want to understand habits at a core level because then you can manipulate them. So I understand habits at a core level, you know, which doesn't mean I can just institute a habit tomorrow though. I want to make that clear. You know, the, the main thing that comes from understanding habits as well as I do is that I'm very patient with them. I understand they take a while to create. You know, so I, I'm trying to shift that from you because you're still in the idea that there's some way to instantly change your habits. And there is not, you know, um, you can't get rid of old wiring. So bad habits you have are wiring there. You can't get rid of that. There's no way to do that. What you can do is you can wire new habits over them. You know, you keep the same starting and ending point and you change the middle part, new wiring over it. That's the most effective way to do it. You probably don't even know anybody about that. <laughs> but once you understand that, you have more respect for the system. You know, it's like me playing guitar. So uh, here's a good example. So I, um, I play guitar now for, oh my gosh, I'm almost 30 years. And so I, I've dabbled with the piano a little bit, but if I wanted to play the piano, I would be way better off playing the piano now because I understand what it takes to play guitar. Do you understand what I mean? And so, um, because I understand habits, I don't think I can just implement a habit. You think you can, which is creating a lot of the frustration. Do you see what I'm saying? I'll give you one more example of that. What well, big turning point for my, my guitar playing is I read a book called Peak and it was about peak performers. And one of the things in the book they talked about is they went to a music school and they had, this was a, a very competitive school where they had violin, uh, they had three groups. The, the top players, the medium players, and the lowest tier players. And without, without exception, they analyzed their practice routines. And without exception, the practice routine correlated with where they placed. And that was an absolute breakthrough for me because I always thought that you were born with an amount of musical talent and instrument talent. And so up until that point, which had been about 20 years of playing, I believed that I sucked at guitar. I believed that I didn't have any musical ability. And that belief way held back my guitar playing, not in any other way than the fact that I didn't practice as much as I would have. I thought I had a fixed level. Again, that's a fixed mindset thing. You may or may not know about that. Look it up if you don't. Um, but I had a fixed mindset with guitar. I thought you were born this way. And that was it. And so because I believed that, I didn't really practice that much because what's the point? You know, and I played a lot, but I didn't really practice. And so once I read that book, I was like, holy shit, I could actually be good at guitar if I practiced. That was, a, that was a breakthrough for me. And so the last 10 years, I've made way more gains, um, way more gains than I did the first 20 years because that limiting belief was blown up. All right. Um, so what you know and how you think about the process has, is having a huge impact. It's I would dare say it's dictating the results you're getting. All right. Um, someone says, yeah, that feeling of figuring out a puzzle is great. I wish my weight loss could be as exciting. It can be. You, you've got to you've got to change the way you're looking about it because you're looking at you're looking for the big weight reduction on the scale. 
the big dramatic shift in your size clothes. That's what pretty much all you're oriented to. And that's why you have no motivation really, you know? And again, that's the hypnosis of the diets. They've got you, you're literally in a hypnotic state with your weight loss and it's, it's, you know, you, you're trapped in that. Um, it's needing a strategy for the moment when faced with a food trigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so any questions I can answer a couple more before I get out of here. If we could only read one book today, what should it be? Oh, someone said, yeah, Atomic Habits is super good. That was a good book. One book, it would depend what you wanted, you know, like I, on average, I've slowed down a little bit in December, but I usually read about a book a week. Um, and, uh, so I, to be honest, I, they all blur together. I will say that's a weird part. I used to be able to like kind of talk about each book cause I read them a lot slower. Now I kind of go through them so quick. So I, it's like, it's so weird. Someone asked me yesterday, they asked me something about a book and it's like, I couldn't even remember it. Now I'm in a different mindset and in NLP, we call this uptime. So I'm kind of like when I'm coaching or when I'm speaking, I'm kind of in this, this mindset. So it's hard for me to kind of like decompress and think about answers to questions like that. But what book would I recommend? I would probably recommend a real game changer for you would be a book that was a real game changer for me. I think I'm going to recommend a couple of them. Now I can't pick just one. Um, I like an NLP book. I would say frogs into princes. I think that's a profoundly unique book. I love that book. Um, I think seven habits of highly affected people. That was a book that really kicked off a lot of things for me. I, I love that book. Um, so I would say, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think that's something I would recommend. So I'll, I'll skip, I'll leave it with those two frogs into princes by Richard Bandler. Cause I think it's such a unique, uh, take on things. You know, that's neurolinguistic programming. He's the creator of neurolinguistic programming. My hero, I would say he, I would say Richard Bandler, the creator of NLP has changed my life more than any other person on this planet. Um, short of my wife, you know, and, uh, he really is a very unique, he's a strange fellow in some ways, but he is a very unique thinker. And what him and his partner, uh, John Grinder came up with is, is profound. So yeah, I, I'd go with that one. Um, do you advocate the vegetarian type or a way of eating? Yeah, I think everyone should be a vegetarian. Um, and I think if you want to eat meat, that's fine too. But I think you should identify as a vegetarian and um, base your life around that. And again, like I said, eat meat if you want to. I eat fish. Um, I don't eat land animals, uh, but I eat fish occasionally. But primarily I'm a vegetarian. I think that's a smart way to go because uh, vegetables, everything I've read, vegetables are associated, vegetables, fruits, natural foods are all associated with the healthiest, all the healthiest stuff, you know? And so I'm not knocking meat, understand. Um, but really, if you think about meat, it's a nutrient aggregator, right? It, you know, it's basically, um, takes everything eggs. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I, I'm not a nutritionist, so I say, do your own research on that eggs. It, it depends on who you are, you know what I mean? Whether they're the good or I, I think, you know, and again, I'm not a nutritionist, but um, you'll have to make your own decision on that. I'm not going to give any, I don't like to give nutritional suggestions. I don't mind the vegetarian ones. It's a big, vague one. You know what I mean? But I don't like to get into specifics um, short of natural process, natural and natural. I'll, I'll make that suggestion all day long, but specific foods you should eat. Um, I'm not, that's out of my scope. Um, but yeah, vegetarian, I think is a smart way to go because I think it orients you more towards obviously vegetables and fruits. And I think if you make that the foundation of your diet, uh, vegetables, fruits, whole grains, whole foods. I think that you're set up for a lot of success, you know? And again, I, I, the meat thing, make what you want. I, I think, I don't think meat's good or bad. Um, you know, if you want to eat it, you could certainly thrive without eating it and you could thrive with eating it. But I think if you don't have solid vegetable, um, you know, in, in your life, I, I, I would say that wouldn't be good. So yeah, Michael Pollan. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that guy. So he's, uh, and, and Dr. Gregor, I, again, how not to die. That book changed my life. 
So uh, if you're dealing with any medical issues, I would absolutely recommend that you get the book, How Not to Die, you know, and it's uh, it's amazing, you know, because he really and this guy's a research. He's I always say he's the Michael Jordan of nutritional research. And this guy is like obsessed with it. He's amazing. So, um, yeah, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Exactly. You know, and I like that idea. Again, that's where weight loss is unique because it's like it's like managing an addiction almost, you know, and so you can't go black or white with it. I think that makes it harder, you know. Oh, yeah, you got me avoiding powder. I can tell you that. So that's another way just to just to reframe things is to look at your eating and start to see how much of your eating percentage is powders. Right. What do I mean by powders? Flour, flour and sugar. You know, so it's like if you have a huge percentage of your meals and, and diet each day is, is powders, well, you're going to struggle, right? Because it's unnatural and it's just absorbing your body so quick. It spikes your blood sugar and crashes it. And it just, you know, it's like wild toads, Mr. you know, what is it? Mr. Toad's wild ride every day, you know, in your body, your, your energy, your emotion, your, your cognitive abilities. When you're eating all these powders all day, it's just this, these spikes and crashes all day. And so, um, that's an interesting way to look at is, is as powders, you know, it's helpful to, uh, avoid those, you know, the more solid, nourishing, natural food you put in your body, uh, you just transform yourself, you know? And again, this is another way you've been hypnotized because you would never, ever, never like dilute your gas in your car with water. Right. Why? Cause you'd mess the engine up, you know? So you're so much more sensitive to like how water and the gas would affect your car than you are how these substances you put into your body are affecting your body, you know? So I'll leave you with one more thing and I'll, I'll give you a sugar metaphor to just understand it because even when people think about sugar, it's usually like, uh, it's, it's usually like sugar. People think like, well, I don't eat sugar because it's bad for my teeth or it's bad for my weight in some way. But what you want to do again, to really reframe foods in a way but like sugar, if you don't want to do it, the secret is to reframe it in a way where you think the negative effect is close to you. Okay. Cause again, the negative effects of sugar are too far in the future for them to really impact you. So another way to think about sugar is that what it does is it creates like a tsunami effect within your body, right? So the sugar comes in and it's a powder. So it's absorbed very, very quickly. You know, it's very processed. You understand this, right? I could give you a, a sugar cane stick and you wouldn't get, you wouldn't be able to get table sugar out of that. You at your house. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like you tap on this stick and on that powdered fine, fine powder comes out. It's very, very coarse. It's very, very processed. And so it's processed because the more processed things are, the quicker they can be absorbed in your body, the quicker they're absorbed in your body, the more addictive they are. This is why cigarette companies put ammonia into their cigarettes because it would cause the tobacco to be absorbed in your bloodstream faster. All right. And so um, it's the same thing with sugar. It, it's been processed so much that it very quickly goes in your bloodstream. And so what happens is it's not so much the quantity of the sugar as much as it is how the speed that it hits your body in, right? And so again, this is a tsunami effect. So it's like, if you get a foot of rain over a month, you know, in the town, the town systems can handle it, right? Cause it's all spread out and the systems do what they do to deal with it. But when you get a foot of rain in one hour, it overwhelms everything and it causes all kinds of destruction to all the stuff you see. And so that's how I think of sugar. I think of it coming in and it overwhelms the body, you know, half the sugar goes over to your liver and half the sugar goes straight into your blood as glucose. And as soon as that happens, well, now your liver has to deal with it. And now we literally, they had to come up with a new diagnosis because there's so much sugar and probably high fructose corn syrup um, in the diet of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Okay. So, so half the sugar from table sugar goes over to your liver and has to be dealt with. 
and half of it goes into glucose in your blood. And so all of that glucose in your blood that quick is a, um, it, it inflames things. And then your body, your pancreas has to release insulin to clear the glucose out of your blood, right? So the, the insulin acts like, it's like a key that opens up the cells and it pushes the glucose into the cells to store it. Because if you have too much glucose in the blood, it's a, it's, it's not good, you know? Um, and so too much glucose, too much insulin, it creates an inflamed body. And so there are people that, that say that, that obesity is an inflammation disease, you know? So what I'm trying to tell you is that never mind the sugar and what it's going to do to your weight. I would look at the almost instantaneous impact that that sugar has on your body. You know, now once in a while it's fine, but do you really want to be doing that to your body? It's very stressful. You know, it's, it's unnatural is what I'm trying to say. You think of it as natural then because you've had it your whole life, you know, in your life, but to, to do this, I'm going to say this and this might ruffle some fab. I never say this out loud. I had this thought the other day, but sugar is the closest thing in terms of food to cocaine. And, you know, we, uh, you know, they, they've tested this sugar lights up the same pleasure centers in your brain that cocaine does, you know, but in terms of what cocaine does to you, sugar is the closest thing in terms of food and flour is probably the second to that, you know, because again, they're so powdered and so refined that they're absorbed so fast, right? Compare that to natural foods, you know, natural foods have lots of fiber and stuff. And so it takes longer for you to digest them and absorb them, you know, as opposed to consuming these powders that instantly goes in your blood, you know? So, um, I'll leave you with that. Maybe that'll change the way you think about it for a little bit. Um, what do you think about the superfoods that come in powder? Okay. You know, again, uh, I think it's better than not taking them for sure. But uh, now this is coming from someone, again, I don't know. I, you know, when I get into this level, listen to me or don't, I don't know. Cause I don't, I'm not, this is not my expertise, but I'm going to tell you what I think about it and how I made a decision. Before I had the salads, I used to make smoothies every morning for a number of years. And um, it wasn't, you know, it was a probably about six ingredients in it. Um, and it was good. And, and I started doing that. And I felt great. So I felt really good. But then I was like, okay, I'm blending this up. That's kind of a natural, you know what I mean? I want to eat the salad. That's a very natural way of doing it. So I tend to orient and, and kind of align around natural stuff is kind of my go-to, you know? And so, um, when I hear, when I hear things coming in powders, that's not the first thing I'd want to eat. I would rather, what are those superfoods and can I consume them in a natural way? You know, now I'm going to tell you when I approach things this way, I've never had things not work out well for me this way. And I'll tell you one of the most recent things this past year, the biggest shift for me that happened, I read a book called breathe. It's a breather breath. I think it's breathe. Um, James Nestor, I believe was his name. And, um, there was two things that I really took out of that book. The first one was he talked about, it was a horrible experiment they did to monkeys where they, they blocked up their nose and they made them only breathe through their mouth. And what happened is after a while, their facial structure started to change. And the point he was trying to make is that in our diet now, we're eating mostly soft foods. And it's, you know, the illusion is that like you could eat a bagel and it feels really chewy and hard to chew, right? But it's really an illusion because it's just powder. And when you cook it, I realized this last month when I was making cookies and I was like, this is all just powder. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. No, the end result feels like it's something solid and hard, but I'm like, okay, um, wow, it's really just powder. And you start to realize how much your diet could just be powders, you know? So um, one of the points he makes is that our, our facial structures are changing because we eat just soft foods, basically, you know? And the point of that being in reference to the book is that it affects how we can breathe. 
And so he used a phrase called like, I believe it was breathing posture. And it's a weird phrase, you know, because it's like the way it's really like the way you hold your whole body. So it's like, if you're slouched, you can't breathe proper. But, and I always thought it was kind of like from the neck down, I understood that part. But the bigger part was that it's all what's going on in here. You know, your nasal passion, the airways and stuff. And so he makes a big distinction between mouth breathing and nose breathing. And the biggest thing that happened to me last year, I would say the biggest shift I made in terms of my health was uh, uh, taping my mouth uh, when I sleep. And I'm going to make a video on this. I keep meaning to do it. But it's a piece of paper. It's about, whoops. It's about, I don't know, say it's about this big, right? It's a certain type of paper. I'm going to make a video on the exact one. And you just like, hmm, I go like that. And well, it's, it's tape, so it sticks to my mouth. I do that at night before I go to sleep. And it, it causes me, holds my mouth closed. And so it forces me to breathe through my nose all night, you know, which is the healthier way to do it. Again, we're trained a lot of times to breathe through our mouths. And obviously the, the, the diets encourage that as well because our breathing posture is poor. And so it's harder for a lot of people to breathe their nose. Now, I, I've been doing yoga for 30 years. And one of the key things I learned in yoga was breathing techniques. You know, I used to joke, like I didn't know how to breathe until I did yoga. I, I stand by that. Um, I, I truly, I, I was a bad breather. You know, I mostly breathe from my shoulders. Again, your lungs are bigger on the bottom, smaller on top. Most people, they breathe from here up. And so you're not getting as much oxygen as your body needs and could get. And so um, I learned to breathe yoga wise. But when I read this book, I realized while I was breathing through my mouth and especially like at night, I'd be watching TV, I'd be sitting on the sofa and I show, and I start breathing through my mouth, you know? So it's, it was a real eye opener for me. It's been about six months. And one of the real big benefits, my wife loves this, is that I stopped snoring pretty much. You know, I mean, because sometimes I might still make some sounds, but it's, it cut my snoring by like 90% and it helped me breathing. Yeah. Breathing lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, I forgot the program, but, um, in my program, I always teach that because eight habits. Again, it's about having breathing exercise and know how to do them. So it's very important. Um, but, but yeah, so I breathe with that tape, but the bigger thing is just realizing, cause with that tape on it, it's been even six months, I'm still getting used to it. But when I'm not wearing the tape and through the day, I way breathe more through my nose because my posh, my breathing posture has gotten better. The way I like hold my jaw and the salads have gotten me better because I'm not, I'm chewing those salads and it's a lot of work. And at first chewing the salads was, it made my jaw sore, but now I'm used to it. And I know I made that video and people are like, Oh, those big old chunks of, uh, you got big old chunks of, uh, carrots. Uh, that's gross, you know, but I think that's how we are supposed to, that's what we're supposed to do. Think about this, right? If you're in the natural world, you're chewing. Everything is, is very fibrous, you know, cause it's not only like the powders and the processed foods, but even the natural foods have become less fibrous, right? Like even apples, Apples used to be like crab apples, right? Very fibrous and hard to chew. And, um, you know, now they're, they're much more, you know, sweeter and, and they're easier to chew. So, um, there's a lot of levels to it, but so yeah, um, that breathe book is really good. But so when you eat more natural foods, you start to develop more musculature in your face. And I think that helps you breathe better. And then when you understand nose breathing, that helps you in a lot of ways too. Whoop. I don't make that loud there for you. I've got this microphone there. So, um, yeah, so I hope that helps you out. So, all right, everyone have a great day. I, I hope this has helped you out and, uh, I got a bunch of new videos coming up, so make sure you check those out. Have a great day and I'll see you soon. Bye.